You talk a guy about a guy with chapped cheeks, man. Like him. That's Gildy. Wow. Licky, licky, licky. Miami, Fort Lauderdale. How dare they drag the good name of the United States of America through the mud of Saddam Hussein's torture prison? It's Friday, you bastards. Oh. How dare they drag the good name of the United States of America through the mud of Saddam Hussein's torture prison? You go, boy. I just get goosebumps every time I play that. I might just play it the whole four hours today. What do you say? Oh! Huh? Okay. Over and over again. Get everybody whipped up like a pep rally. Anyway, just calm down. Uh, first, a little news from Iraq. Just a little bit. We don't want to get too newsy. That New York uh, illiterate guy from off the streets of the Bronx will be calling in again. How come you're so newsy? Well, because we feel like it, okay? Because, uh, you know, we do whatever the hell we want, generally speaking. Gunmen opened fire on a U.S. Army vehicle today in Najaf's Twin City, wounding two American soldiers and raising fears over the agreement struck the day before. In other words, the roadmap's a little bumpy already. To end the bloody standoff around this Shiite holy city. In fact, they're saying, ah, Shiite, here we go again. Elsewhere, U.S. troops escorting a convoy of inmates released from the Abu Ghraib prison briefly exchanged fire with assailants today. It was the third major release from the facility since the scandal broke over the abuse of detainees last month. And we found out that 90% of them probably uh, were there for nothing because they just happened to be no, hanging no. around. They're yeah. Iraqis, they're terrorists. They're suspicious, right. But I thought we were freeing the uh, suspicious Iraqis. Anyway... We had 1,660 votes on the poll. See, you know, at first it was the weapons of mass destruction. We didn't have any of those. Then it was, well, Sodom uh, must have been in bed with uh, Osama Yamama. Well, we uh, found out that definitely was not true. And so we had to come up with something. So it's this glorious Operation Iraqi Freedom. <laughs> Anybody buying that? Only the dumbest of the dumb. Speaking of dumbest of the dumb, wait till we get to that story about the uh, so-called terror alert. Oh, brother. <laughs> No, no, seriously, this is just, I mean, you talk about playing politics with fear. This is just enough to, to, to scare the crap out of anybody, you know? Hey, there's a danger. Every time the poll numbers, what have I all said consistently right along? Every time the polls come out, it gets worse and worse for the Bush crowd, for this uh, group of Nazis. All of a sudden, oh, some miraculous thing comes along. Oh, uh, we just found Sodom. Or, uh, oh, we just had another big terror alert. You better crawl under the bed and get real scared. Yeah. The only thing we have to fear, as Roosevelt would say, is uh, this bunch. Anyway, what big TV hit show over the past five years do you think was the biggest piece of Schmidt? That's what we asked yesterday. And over 1,660 votes, to be exact. And in a call show, wins hands down. Now, you people that faxed in and said, she's going to pass all the others like they're standing still. You folks were... Absolutely correct, sir. Yeah. 310 for a big, fat, disgusting Anna Nicole, who ain't quite as big and fat as before, but still is disgusting. American yeah, Idol 295, for those of us who have not the least bit interested... See, this is the bandwagon effect. Oh, you've got to be on American Idol. We're going to have the winners. We don't care. See, we refuse to care about crap that we don't. We didn't care about it before, so why should we? T it's like MASH, you know. Oh, 80 trillion people watched the last episode of MASH. Now, if you like MASH, I can understand that. But if you didn't like it at all, like Seinfeld. Remember the big simus they made about that? Oh, it's right. the last episode of Seinfeld. You only see it in syndication 8 trillion times. Now, if you didn't like the Seinfeld show, then you probably didn't care about the first episode, the last episode, or any of the ones in between. Oh, anyway. you're just an anti-Semite. There you go. I learned it from you. American Idol 295, Survivor 161, Jerry Springer 143, The Simple Life 105. What about the uh, Spooners? 
<laughs> the, the honey spooners. <laughs> yeah. The silver spooners. Anyway, Joe Millionaire, 104. Ricky Lake, 74. She's disgusting. She is nauseating. Yeah. Friends, 72. The Osbournes, 55. The weakest, I can't believe that. This audience, 55 people uh, think the Osbournes is the biggest piece of crap. Shame on you, Sharon. They just hate the kids. And Sharon. The weakest link, 48. Fear Factor, 47. With the old turn of the wicked worm. I hear that uh, muff like that one. Millionaire, 44. The Bachelor, 39. Big Brother, 36. The Bachelorette, 32. Meet my parents, 25. No thanks. The Real World, 19. The Real World had 19. I didn't even know we put it on there. Yeah. What was wrong with that show? Uh, it's stupid, but nevertheless, it's got naked teenagers. Oh, 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 man. You people better get your priorities straightened out and maybe something else too while we're at it. Back in the day, we could tell you what we're thinking about. The real world. Boy. Uh, Becker 14, Sopranos 14, which I know you're not too pleased with that. Uh, whatever. Fra well, that was near the bottom. Fraser yeah. 11 and the Wayans brothers had 11. Before the big fight, let's watch the Wayans. What do you say, huh? <laughs> for, for my part, now it was Damon Wayans that was in, um, Requiem. Correct. There you go. Well, I have trouble uh, getting my way in. Yeah, they uh, all look the same to you. Separated. They all they all seem the same. Anyway, on our beaded curtain today, we have something extra special: Memorial Holiday uh, weekend bonus. <laughs> no extra charge. Two for the price. In fact, we got four for the price of one. <laughs> well, I mean, two pictures. <laughs> right. And four boobies. Huh? In fact, you might kind of call it a booby yeah. trap. And they're a full frontal assault. In oh the, yeah, Nell McAndrew. Team. Now you you were kind of apologizing for this before the show, but I think we uh, struck pay dirt. We got a very patriotic thing. We struck something. Yeah, yeah. Like to right. I bet you would. Anyway, speaking of Nell McAndrew, and people may be wondering who the hell is that. You don't really care who it is. You just want to see the pictures. But I'll tell you anyway. On November 6, 1973, a star was born in Leeds, England, a working-class family. What? Miguel's uh, standing at attention and saluting. I bet he is, huh? Yeah. And why not? Any red-blooded uh, spick like him. Tracy, of course, uh, he probably is this weekend be drilling some glory holes over at Hialeah. Now, here they plugged up the old ones. Oh, damn it. See, uh, Duff got confused. He thought that here they plugged the toilets were plugged up at the uh, tea room, but it turned out that the glory holes got plugged up. So uh, Miguel's got his pneumatic portable drill. Anyway, Tracy McAndrew was ever the athletic one and throughout childhood dreamed of becoming a policewoman. Wow. Who wouldn't want to be frisked by her? What red-blooded American hetero wouldn't want to be... Working in a bank after she finished school, McAndrew realized that she had a higher calling and it was modeling, not law enforcement, that lay in her future. Moving to London, McAndrew aggressively shopped her look around. It was the Daily Star newspaper that first latched onto this babe and put her on its front cover. Not much time passed before other publications were asking about this new face, and after entertaining a few other offers, McAndrew took on her first big job as the real-life representation of the video game character, Lara Croft. Ever hear of that? Yeah, Tomb Raider. No, you, huh? Lara Croft, Tomb Raider. No. To fit the part, she allegedly went from a B cup to a D cup thanks to the wonders of modern medicine. Oh, I'm sorry. That's unfortunate. Whatever. Follow, following in the footsteps of such established models as Rona Mitra, McAndrew toured the Tomb Raider heroine for over a year. She toured as the uh, Tomb Raider heroine for over a year, attracting attention at conventions and in print. This experience was regarded by McAndrew as invaluable, though a sour note was left being after being denied the opportunity to appear at the British movie premiere of Tomb Raider starring Angelina Jolie. After all, McAndrew was partly responsible for making Laura Croft the cult figure that she be. In 99, she served as co-host of the entertaining British game show, It's a Knockout. The hosting job lasted two seasons while ratings remained high. At the same time, she served as a VJ on vh one Spice, continuing to beat down the stigma that Laura Croft models' careers go downhill once the gig is up. 
And it goes on. Ever the uh, active woman, McAndrew, flattered fellow celebrities. She became an entertainment reporter for The Big Breakfast, another Brit show. During this time, she graced the covers of Loaded and Front as well, or they could have put them just together at Loaded Front. Rounding yeah. off a busy couple of years since the start of the millennium, McAndrew got involved in the celebrity survivor show called I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here in 2002. And it goes on and on. There you go. She's there. Two pictures for the price of none as a little holiday bonus to lift your spirits and lift whatever else she's got there, which is a lot. Let me do the break, because once we get into this Ascroft stuff, got a little contretemps going on there. Now, after 9-11, we're supposed to have learned those lessons. Remember that about the FBI and the CIA? and our, they were, The agencies weren't communicating well, and they were, like, protective of their own fiefdoms and all this right. other crap. We didn't and just then, learn lessons. Yeah, they, they, and they now we come it. to find out that Tom Ridge and the people at the Department of So-Called Homeland Security are foaming at the mouth because they weren't invited. They uh, didn't know nothing. And then the mayors are telling us they didn't know nothing either. And then come to find out that of those seven people, at least two of them are in jail and maybe some of them are dead. You remember the pictures he was uh, whipping out the other day? Right. Yeah. Maybe Casey Kasem was uh, bugging him. Where are the pictures he was supposed to see? And there was Ashcroft with a picture. So once again, the political uh, it's just desperation is what it's called. Desperation. And we do have that Zogby thing today about uh, how Kerry is... Electoral College kicking ass. So we got a lot of fish to fry today, plus a few of your stellar phone calls, which there just ain't no better in the history of mankind than on the Neil Rogers show. Trust me. Oh, God. And I tell you, there ain't nothing quite like our callers. Thank God. It's uh, 12 minutes past 10 at 560. Oh, and by the way, join the Mad Dog at 2 today as he broadcasts live from Hooters on Pines and University. Stop by for an autograph signing with Marlins pitcher Brad Penny. In fact, Mad Dog said, tastes like a penny to me. Enjoy specials on Heineken, win some prizes. That's Mad Dog and Brad Penny at Hooters and Pembroke Pines, 2 to 4 this afternoon. And join Little George tomorrow noon to 2 at Intel Wireless at 159.85 Northwest 57th Avenue in Miami. Stop by to spin that deal for prizes. That's tomorrow at Intel Wireless, an authorized Verizon wireless agent at noon with Little Jorge. You know, Voom, we, uh, we better tell you about this real loud and clear today a few times because Monday is the deadline for this special deal. Voom is like comparing uh, great, uh, beautiful uh, picture DVDs to a uh, scratchy old kinescope. That's how great it is. Voom is high-definition TV delivered by a satellite dish and HD receiver and uh, comes right into your home. Voom is the only entertainment system designed for high-definition TV, specifically. Voom has got the most HD TV you'll find anywhere and provides all the equipment you need to enjoy the ultimate HD TV experience, including your satellite dish, remote, and, of course, HD receiver, too. Voom has got about 30, man. over 30 channels of HD programming. You can watch ESPN, for example, in high definition. Reach right in there and pat them athletes right on the butt. That's three times more than you get from cable, and they've got all your other favorite channels like HBO, MTV, even your local yokel channels. You can even watch Rick Sanchez on there while he's still on. Voom has got over 120 channels of great entertainment. Voom has exclusive channels, too. Here's the big part of HD movies, music, and sports that you can't even get at all at any price from your cable or satellite company. So with Voom, you got all the channels you get now, plus all these awesome high-definition channels, too. Call Voom today for a limited-time offer, and you better do it right now because the offer ends this Monday, Memorial Day, May 31. Call toll-free 1-866-848-8666 or visit them online at voom.com. The offer includes free installation, no upfront cost, and no long-term commitment. When in doubt, check it out. Make that call today because time's running out. Call 1-866-848-8666 or online at voom.com. My and local. This is Sports Radio 560. QAM. The good name of the United States of America through the mud of Saddam Hussein's torture prison. Live in concert. Live in concert. It's Al Gore. Rock the Turner Overdrive. Al Gore. 
You ain't seen nothing yet. You ain't seen nothing yet. And Bach with Turner Overdrive and backup singer Larry King. You ain't seen nothing yet. I say to you tonight, and hear me well, you ain't seen nothing yet. Abu Dhabi. 1018 at 560 WQM. Happy Friday. Happy Memorial Day holiday weekend. Boy, we can find out today. Well, first of all, here's the really good news. Now, all you people are like picking on poor little George, and sometimes deservedly so, but nevertheless, uh, I take a look at his schedule we got on Monday. Now, of course, it's a big shot like me working on Memorial Day. No. You bet your sweet ass I'm not. But at any rate, uh, almost nobody is. The only semblance we have of like a real uh, regular person on the schedule, well, if you count the big, oh. which I don't, and by the way, get the mo back. Boy, I never thought I'd be jonesing to hear Mo's voice. Wow. You know what? I, I think that's the strategy of our programming department. I'm marking it down. Is to put a lot of the big oh. so we jones for uh, Mo. Absolutely. Boy, oh, boy, that big O, he is just, I, I don't want to keep going into it. Well, yes, I do. <laughs> anyway, Monday, Curtis, Beast, and Len, because it's a holiday, are going to be on there. And that should be a real uh, something to sleep through, okay? Six to ten, four hours of that. Wow. Oh, I shouldn't have, <laughs> I shouldn't have said that. I was about to say, how would you like to follow that? Then George <laughs> is going to follow that from ten to two, and that's the only uh, semblance we've got to like anybody that's like on every day. Yeah, but I ain't going to be talking much. Why not? No, no, don't say that. You, I bet you get a ton of great calls. I ain't going to be taking any. <laughs> You'll get more more than we got right now. Although I noticed we had a whole bunch of them before, and if they think I'm going to waste my time, I'll, we'll get a few calls in today. Maybe uh, about 30, man. Maybe more like five. We'll get a bunch of them in there because it's a very important holiday weekend. I can't imagine anybody with an IQ larger than their small uh, fingernail uh, being in town now. Now the kids are off from school today, right? Yes. And so you in got Broward, like, anyway. I don't know about Dave. In Broward. Uh, so you got basically a four-day holiday weekend, or at least a three-day for everybody. And uh, why would anybody hang around when they can go to like uh, drive right up the old highway to Savannah? Or like, uh, you'll see, watch. WQAM, hello. QAM. Hey, Neil. Yes, sir. Happy Memorial Day. And back to you. Sounds to me like you're pumping it. Are you at the gas station? I'm pumping it. Hi, Billy. Uh, uh-huh, okay. Let's see. Uh, then George on, uh, then Warren Cromarty from 2 to 3.30. Oh, my God. That is unbelievable. Like I've said before, there are people on death row for uh, lesser crimes than that. Right in the middle of the daytime, no less. I got your probiotics right here, homeboy. And it'll be broadcasting from the ballpark at Gay G, as in God awful. So, do you like the chromo or the omo? Uh, the homo. I like that one. Yeah. I'm a homo? Marlins on deck 330, and the Reds in the Marlins. Then we got the big oh. at 7. So, I guess we'll, we'll, yeah, just as a gesture of uh, decency to the big O, he's on uh, too much. I mean, uh, regular. So, George will be the closest thing. You ought to, like, kiss George right through the uh, speaker of your radio on Monday. Say, oh, thank God we got, like, at least a familiar voice. Maybe one we don't like, but at least a familiar voice. Something. I'll just be spinning the hits. <laughs> He'll be spinning it. Now, Line 9, I bet, is excited about it. QAM, hello, Line 9. Hey, what's the poll today? I, I beg your pardon? I didn't hear the poll, and I'm sorry. Well, then uh, just get lost, okay? <laughs> he didn't hear the poll yet. In fact, we're going to have you climb up it. How do you like that? And maybe monkey around a little bit there at the top. Here's today's poll. I'm glad he asked. I almost forgot about it. I was so excited about that Ashcroft and Tom Ridge stuff and about these seven uh, Desperados. Here's the poll. What movie not X-rated is the hottest you've ever seen? And you claim we've done this one before. I don't remember it. Yes, we did. Does Josh remember it? He's not here. Who's there? Miguel. Hola. Well, what, where the hell is Josh? Hola. Oh, Beaner Boy's here today. No, seriously, has Josh got another busman's holiday today? What's that all about? The no. court. 
He's in court again? Like I said, we got Beaner Boy today. <laughs> Boy, we seem to have a run on uh, board ops in here. I'll spend all their time in court. Anyway, what movie, not X-rated, is the hottest you've ever seen? Now, I put three choices on there, and I think that no matter what your persuasion is, especially friendly persuasion, as Pat Old Boone in the Box would say, uh, you'd have to agree that these are three of uh, some of them. Wouldn't you? Right. They're, they're smoking all right. I added one, though. Blue Lagoon. These were the three that came to my mind. Blue Lagoon. Return of the Blue Lagoon or Paradise. I bet you I know who liked Paradise. Absolutely. Right. With Willie Ames and Phoebe Cates. A lot of naked young people running around in all three. Yes, and what's right. the other one? Yeah. Body Heat. Oh, Body Heat, sure. Body Heat. What movie, not X-rated, is the hottest you've ever seen? In fact, maybe you like uh, watched it on TV and sat real, real close to the screen. Now, now see, here's line nine again. I bet he's calling back. QAM, hello. Foxy Brown. What is it? Foxy Brown. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Stop and ponder that for a few seconds. Ashcroft assailed on terror warning. Some allies of the Department of Homeland Security within the Bush administration and members of Congress criticized Attorney General John Ashcroft yesterday for issuing terrorist warnings at a news conference on Wednesday, contending he failed to coordinate the information with the White House and with Homeland Security. With the White House, even. How do you like that? How do you like that? The sky is falling. And with the Department of Homeland Security, which has the job of releasing threat warnings, but he just took upon himself in between covering up all the naked statues to, like, get everybody whipped up into a frenzy. I guess he saw those latest poll numbers, and he's trying to help his buddy Georgie out. With FBI Director Robert S. Mueller III by his side, Ashcroft said at a news conference two, two days ago that credible intelligence from multiple sources indicates that al-Qaeda plans an attempt an attack on the U.S. in the next few months. This disturbing intelligence indicates al-Qaeda's specific intention is to hit the U.S. hard. He added that the information has been corroborated on a variety of levels. Under the Homeland Security Act of 2002 and Bush administration rules, only the Department of Homeland Security can publicly issue threat warnings, and they must be approved in a complex interagency process involving the White House. Administration official sympathetic to Homeland Security uh, Secretary Tom Ridge said he wasn't informed that Ashcroft was going to characterize the threat in that way, an assertion that justice officials deny. So once again, while our lives are hanging in the balance, your government can't get their act together. No, you did it. No, we did it. They did it. Yes, the dog done it. Just like, uh, uh, what's his name said? What's his Jason name? Williams. The dog dog. Oh, okay. It was a suicide. Early yesterday, well, we already know about that. Yesterday, Representative Christopher Cox, Republican of California, Chairman of the House Select Committee on Homeland Security and a guardian of Ridge's turf within the administration, released a statement criticizing Ascroft. He said, you're an Ascroft. Dissemination by our government of sensitive terrorism warnings must be closely coordinated across our intelligence and law enforcement communities, Cox said. In the Homeland Security Act, DHS was assigned to the central coordinating role in this process. The absence of Secretary Rich from yesterday's news conference held by the Attorney General and the Director of the FBI and the conflicting public messages their separate public appearances delivered to the nation suggest that the broad and close interagency consultation we expect and which the law requires did not take place in this case. Oh, my God. The American public, state, and local law enforcement governors and mayors and private sector officials with responsibility for critical infrastructure all deserve crystal clarity when it comes to terrorism threat advisories Cox be saying. While publicly professing only collegiality and cooperation, Ridge and Ashcroft have occasionally struggled for the past two years. They've argued for months over whether Homeland Security agents should investigate terrorism financing, and last year Ridge agreed they could do it only under the FBI's lead. 
Some administration officials also complained yesterday that Justice Department and FBI officials in private conversations with reporters may have suggested that the latest evidence of a terrorist attack is new when it's about six weeks old, officials said. It's old news. An administration official sympathetic to Ridge said there's a concern that this wasn't coordinated by the system DHS has in place to communicate this kind of sensitive information. And, let me do the break, and... There are actually some of these, at least two of the people are in jail that were on that list with the seven pictures that he put up there. And the mayors of uh, most of the big cities say, we didn't know nothing about it. Nobody told us nothing. So it's great to see. It's a comforting thing to see that uh, your government is really doing a great job of protecting us, right? That's why we have yes. placed such great trust, at least on the job of fighting terrorism, he'd be doing it. <laughs> That's the one area we still trust the Bushmeister. You know, Fat Boy is a uh, old that ever tell you that. You're a loser, Fat Boy, okay? You're from the Todd Rex school of doing nothing. What an idiot. 26 after 10 at 560 WQAM. Spring of the savings right now and save like never before on a great new car or truck from Armstrong Toyota of Homestead. It's easy to get there. They're on US-1, just 20 minutes south of the 836. And it may not be real close to where you are, but it's well worth the drive because they're going to save you thousands on great new Toyotas, even cover the price of gas. Check out these great leases. An 04 Camry or 4Runner for just 269 a month for 48 months. How about an 04 Highlander for just 309 a month? Need a truck? How about an 04 Toyota Tundra, the safest truck in the U.S. of A? You pay just 179 a month for 48 months. And these are just some of the great savings waiting for you right now at Armstrong Toyota of Homestead. And their service department is even open late to late weeknights to make sure they get all your stuff done for you. They'll do just about anything under the sun to get you into a Toyota with a great deal. Easy to find them. They're on the corner of U.S. 1 and 293rd Street in Homestead. Like I said, just 20 minutes south of the 836. And here's an extra special reason why I ought to do your car shopping there. Armstrong Toyota Homestead offers you free tires, free batteries, and replacement parts for the life of your vehicle. That's right, free tires, batteries, and parts for life. Nobody else ever heard of doing that. So forget about the big mega dealers who are full of crap and who scream and holler and carry on and then let you down. Call a GM at Armstrong Toyota Homestead, David Rich, right now for a deal that is unbeatable. Call 305-242-3247. Unbelievable. 305-242-3247. Drive a little and save a ton on that great new Toyota only at Armstrong Toyota of Homestead. Live and local, this is 560. The radio is all yours now. QAM. Amen. 1032 at 560 WQM. Nine and a half weeks, somebody says. What right. movie not X-rated was the hottest you've ever seen? Nine and a half weeks? <laughs> Told you they'd we, say that. We knew that was coming in. Also, I knew this would be coming in, too. See, you're bearing your, uh, yourself. Bruce and Wilton Manor suggest, uh, butch up a little bit, Bruce, will you please? People are starting to talk. And Norma Kent, quit uh, sending me all your self-aggrandizing crap. Nobody cares. Just uh, leave me alone. 
Dear Neil, why can't Suds be your regular guest host? It would make your serial vacations a lot more palatable for us listeners, says Bruce. I'll tell you the main reason that Suds ain't going to be our guest host is that he wants to get paid. In addition, and then the second reason after that is Suds doesn't do shows. Uh, he's a, uh, he's a co-host. He's a professional co-host and free lunch eater. And, and that's it. I never have been able to figure that out, but he just, uh, he just doesn't want to do shows alone. Am I right? No, he said he'd be more than happy to uh, do shows alone. He did? I've heard him say that before. When did he say that? Oh, here and there. How come when uh, when Rick wasn't there, uh, Suds would do like about 20 minutes and then uh, would call in uh, sick from the other, he'd run in the other room and call in sick? Is that how it happened? I think Gary Bruce didn't like him or something. Oh, is that it? Well, at any rate, that's the deal. So, uh, Suds ain't going to be there. We're not paying somebody extra. And just, like I said, see, there you go. That's the uh, South Florida crowd for I Give them the good news that George is going to work on a holiday on Memorial Day because we haven't got anybody else, quite frankly, and we aren't going to play some of those stupid old tapes. We could, but we don't want to do that. So we have George coming uh, on the air on a holiday, no less, and, and that's the gratitude you got. Well, could you put Suds on there? Yeah. Where do you work, Bruce? Let's go critique your job. WQAM, hello. Color it. Let's Show go to Cutler Ridge. Hello. Hey, Neil. Yes, sir. Showgirls. Showgirls? That did it for me. Okay, thanks, Pally. Don't forget of Nella McAndrew speaking of Showgirls. She's showing it. Two pictures for the price of one. And waving old glory there for uh, Memorial Day on top of it. You can't get more patriotic uh, than that. Oh, so anyway, getting back to this. At least two of the terrorists identified by John Ascroft as part of an Al-Qaeda cell that's waiting to attack America this summer are already in jail. Oh, my God. <laughs> A respected website that holds databases on terror suspects lists Amir al-Mati is incarcerated. Likewise, Afia Siddiqui, a female former MIT student, was arrested in Pakistan over a year ago, according to NBC. And the cell that these individuals are said to belong to doesn't even exist. The Abu Hafs al-Masri group was described by the Boston Globe as a phantom organization, kind of like the Florida Panthers, a phantom organization. The researchers could find no evidence that the group was real or is real. Each time a new terror threat is announced or a terror suspect is captured, we discover they've either already been arrested or they've been dead for a year or more. Furthermore, and here's the part that really makes you scratch your head and wonder and be pretty damn positive when you come right down to it. You don't have to wonder too much. Furthermore, New York City and Los Angeles officials told Reuters that they hadn't been informed by the government of any terror threat, despite the fact that people like Ashcroft and Ridge are all over the media fear-mongering about the inevitability of an attack before the election. Oh, brother. It's the, uh, you, you think that you uh, knew something about the fear factor? This is the real fear factor, okay? Forget about stupid TV shows. Forget about e eating the wicked worm, okay? It's the fear factor, uh, parts one through a hundred with the Bush crowd, with the Nazi clan. Yeah. Better believe it. Abu Ghraib. Right. <laughs> five six seven oh five sixty pound five sixty on the AT and T and Verizon wireless line. WQAM. Hello. Hey Neil. Yes sir. Yeah. Why don't we put body heat up on there too? Body heat. Did, uh, did we just put that on there? Yeah, I put it on there. In fact, it's leading. It's got sixteen oh, votes. Thank you. Thanks. See, it's my fault. I should have told how it's going so far. Body heat's got sixteen. Return of the Blue Lagoons got three. The original Blue Lagoon three, which I guess depends on who you like. Now, let's see. I know nobody's going to know the names of Return of the Blue Lagoon because they're like European kids. What do you mean nobody's going to know? I know the girl's name. Blue Lagoon was Chris Atkins and uh, don't tell Brooke Shields. Right. Uh, Return of the Blue Lagoon was Mila Jovovich, who we've had on the Beaded Curtain before. Or behind right. It. 
and uh, some guy. Some Czechoslovakian guy, whatever the <laughs> okay. hell he was. Some hot uh, European guy. Uh, Body Heat 17, Blue Lagoon 5, Showgirls 3, Return of the Blue Lagoons 3, Nine and a Half Weeks 1, and Paradise has got one. And how many votes we got so far? About 30, man. It just went up there. It'll, uh, it just popped up. 5670560, pound 560 on the AT&T and Verizon line. WQAM, hello. Yeah, Neil, I got a new word for you. Yeah. It's going to describe George Bush and all his followers and cronies. They're the Bush bags. Oh, I like that. Bush, don't be a Bush bag. There you go. And, and so far, as of right now, we can still say it. That's right. Okay, thanks, Pally. And have a great holiday weekend. Boy, I had a nice echo on it, uh, call, didn't we? That was good. Let me give Fat Boy an echo, okay? <laughs> you are an idiot, Fat Boy. You're a liar. You're a do-nothing. You're just full of crap, man. Don't ever darken our door again. I don't want nothing to do with him. Him and Todd Dreck, the two can elope. Go to Providence. Go to P-Town over the weekend. Or just go to town and pee. WQAM, hello. Yes, hi. How are you? Pretty good. I have a film. I can't remember the name of it, but it has Susan Sarandon and Catherine Deneuve, and they have a very sensual... The boat, Hunger. Uh, the Hunger. The Hunger. There yeah. you go. Good the choice. Hunger. Okay. And sounds Thank like you. aptly named. <laughs> you bet. Okay, thanks, pal. Okay. Have a great weekend. <laughs> the Hunger. Really? I've never <laughs> seen that. Oh, yeah. It's a, it's a good watch. David Bowie's in it as well. Oh, well, nothing's perfect. Nothing for you. <laughs> I see. That sounds like a line from Godfather 3. <laughs> when Andy Garcia was waltzing around handing out the envelopes with all the big cash in there. And there's Joey Zaza. Nothing for you. <laughs> Remember that? Sure. Joey Zaza. That was that was about the only good thing uh, Andy Garcia did in the whole movie is when he shot right. Joey Zaza. That was, that was on, the hor on the horse no less. Joey Zaza. That was good. WQAM, hello. Hello. Yes, sir. I I'd have to say, uh, eyes wide shut. What is it? Eyes wide shut. Oh, eyes wide uh, shut. Yeah, Nicole Kidman. Okay, well, whatever you like. Okay, thanks. Uh, he, he liked it. He must be the only one, I guess. Boy. He liked it. It wasn't so much erotic as it was really long and boring. Boring and aggravating. Hey, yeah. listen, everybody needs to make a buck, and this guy, he liked sure. it, okay? In fact, he's probably uh, watching it right now, real close. He's probably got his DVD and, uh, right. his hand in his BVD. And his eyes Oh, don't say shut. that. Five six seven oh five sixty. Father Gagan, by the way, only put his hands in that one little boy's shorts and scratched his, squeezed his cheeks a little bit. That one. <laughs> that was. And I'm thinking. I said to George before the show today. I'm thinking it might be a really good idea to find a guy that off Father Gagan and on the inside in the slammer. Right. So that when Michael Jackson goes to the big house, if that should happen, and it looks increasingly like they're peeing in their pants that it just might. Uh, the same guy can be in it with Michael Michael sure. motorcycle. He's a real American hero. See, one thing that they really don't like inside the Slammer, they don't like uh, pedophiles. They have this thing about that. They yeah, don't like funny child molesters. And as a result, when they put them in the big house, they tend not to like uh, Jeffrey Dahmer. Remember Jeffrey Dahmer? Sure. Who could forget? Didn't uh, stick around too long. Didn't take up too many of the taxpayer dollars. Thank the Lord. Oh, God. 20 before 11 at 560 QAM. We are Sports Radio 560 QAM. Drag the good name of the United States of America through the mud of Saddam Hussein's torture prison. They're gonna sink their teeth right into Condoleezza. For every Democrat I know, it's gonna please ya. Either you or Clark is lying, Condoleezza. Hey, Condoleezza. Right. Now they get to question Condoleezza. And since you no one wants to be a. They didn't get hurt, and now they got hurt. And now they come, they come to grill her. Richard Clark, she's a smart. We just get.
Oh, look at that new picture we just got from Abu Ghraib. See that the one with the old Pat Boone in the box. <laughs> and Lindy seems to be giving the old thumbs up on that one. How do you like that? Ah, she's easy to please. That's what I heard. She's just easy. Chasing Poppy? Is that it? Pappy? Poopy? What Chasing, is that? Chasing Poppy. Chasing Poppy. I Poppy. No yes, sex acts, explicit or implicit, but it says, oh, my God. Oh, my God. That's what it says. You seen that? <laughs> no. Well, what is it? How do you know what it is? I heard about it. I saw the previews. And what did you hear? Uh, that it was, there's no nudity, but it, it has uh, Sofia Vergara in it, so how could it be bad? Well, what's not to like? Girls Gone Wild. There's John in Columbia, South Carolina, who desperately <laughs> needs to tell America. I have no life. But I think we already figured that out. Basic Instinct, for sure. Okay. Didn't we Two, put that on? What? I thought somebody already said that. I don't think so. Well, maybe they did. All right. I'm, I'm busy rebooting. I'm rebooting and uh, hooting and hollering. Okay. Uh, two Noon Junction and Summer Lovers. Two says. Moons. Two Moon Junction. What is it? Two Moon. What did I say? Noon. Moon. Junction. Yeah. And Summer Lovers with Daryl Hannah and Valerie Quinesson. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And the other uh, mermaids in that one, too, I think. 5670560, pound 560 on the AT&T and Verizon. At least Tom Hanks ain't in that one. Thank the Lord for that. Oh, brother. Too bad he couldn't have hopped into the bathtub and drowned. Five six seven oh five sixty pound five sixty on the AT and T and Verizon line. What movie not X rated is the hottest you ever have been seen in? Seeing WQAM. Hello. Hello. Yes, I sir. Got a movie for you. I don't know the title. Which were uh, <clears throat> Billy Bob Inbreed and Halle Berry are in it. I can only, I only watch five minutes of it. So. Monsters Ball, man. There oh, Monsters go, yeah. Ball. Yeah. That's like uh, just uh, ten also, minutes ago, good, right? Good choice. Right. Okay. Thanks, thanks a lot, pal. Good movie. Listen. Is a commercial you guys have on? Yeah. You still with me? To the SPLE, take your stick it, ticket, and stick it, or you can't lick it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm with him. In fact, we got a message, okay, for the people. Not that we don't want to take their money, because we'll take anybody's money on this radio station, as you know. But our message to the uh, people that want to like the uh, the uh, seatbelt police. Lick it and stick it. Yeah, that's my message, okay? Do they click it, stick it, lick it? Uh... Lick it and stick it. Yeah. Hey, they don't want to write a ticket. But they oh, will. yeah. <laughs> oh. No, they don't want to write a ticket. They want to write about 50,000. If not 50,000, maybe about 30, man. 30,000. That's the new quota. Get out of our face, okay, with your little book of tickets. Go save somebody's life. Go do something worthwhile. Go find some lost puppies or something and do something useful and get out of our face with your damn radar guns. You idiots, you. You clowns. You silly people, you. Body heat. Well, let's make see what we got on here because I just rebooted this whole thing. What movie, not X-rated, is the hottest you've ever seen? Body Heat, 25. Nine and a half weeks, 19. The Old Blue Lagoon has got nine. Showgirls, eight. Return to the Blue Lagoon, four. Paradise has got a pier. Uh, Eyes Wide Shut has got one. Hunger has got one. And none yet for Basic Instinct, Two Moon Junction, Cockamoon Junction, Summer Lover, or Monsters Balls out of the first 69. Can I say that? No. WQAM, hello. QAM, hello. Can we make it 0 for 3? WQM, hello. Yeah, uh, I have uh, a movie, a hot movie, uh, Unfaithful. Unfaithful? Unfaithful. That's what I thought you just said. Okay, thank you, sir. Unfaithful. You got it? We got it. Is Marianne Faithful in it? No. Oh, then it might just be pretty good. 
Spammer sentenced to seven years in prison. You seen this story? No, I have not. I heard that they caught him, but not the... Big uh, Schwarzer with a big, uh, heavy puppet. Howard Carmack. They caught him on the tarmac. Buffalo, New York. Boy, we know all the stuff that goes on in Buffalo, man, and none of it's good. There ain't nothing good happening in Buffalo, except maybe for the people that got out. Nothing good happening in Tonawanda, in Cheektowaga, Lackawanna, Hamburg, Fredonia, Depew, Erie. What's the other one? It's uh, Leroy. A man who sent 850 million junk emails through accounts he opened with stolen identities was sentenced up to seven years in prison yesterday. He sent 850 million junk emails through accounts he opened with stolen identities. Atlanta-based Earthlink Inc. said it hoped the sentence in an earlier $16.4 million civil judgment against Howard Carmack will deter other spammers. I hate spam. And you, of course, should know better than anybody, spam is for goyim. Right. Before spammers send one more spam email with what? And Hawaiians, they love it. Do they really? Yeah. Maybe yeah. that's why they got those big fat puppets like that. By by the case. Before spammers send more and more spam email, we should uh, re- let them remember what happened to Howard Carmack and happened to them, said Karen Casion, Earthlink's assistant general counsel. Jurors sentenced Carmack to seven years for convictions in March of forgery, identity theft, and falsifying business records. He must serve a minimum of three and a half years. Earthlink said Carmack ran 343 illegal email accounts under phony names from 2002 until his arrest last May, using them to send unsolicited email ads for things like get-rich-quick schemes and sexual enhancers. Now we know where all that crap came from. And by the way, Howard, they didn't work. Carmack told the judge he believed the case against him was overblown saying there were no victims. I obviously regret this whole involvement, he said. Carmack was convicted of defrauding Earthlink and eight men from New York, Ohio, Washington, D.C. last May. The company won a civil judgment of $16.4 million against Carmack. You think they're going to collect? Right. No. 5670560, oh, pound 560 on the AT&T line. we got Mad Dog at Hooters in the Pines today, too. The Humper. The Humper's on a whole three hours today. Boy, he better be uh, working out for that. <laughs> My commiserations to Hank. Four to that seven for uh, the Hebrew Hammer. Seven o'clock, Marlins on deck. The Mets at the Marlins. Boy, that wasn't much of a road trip, was it? No. What, what did they play? Just... <laughs> no, no, seriously. What kind of a road trip was that? They went to Cincinnati. Where Cincinnati. did they play before that? Here. What? Yeah, they were in town before that. They go to Cincinnati for one series, and now they're back home again. Boy, nice schedule. Mets at the Marlins at 7.35 tonight, Eddie Camp to the uh, baseball game. How about those Tampa Bay Lightning, baby? Oh! I bet you everybody in town is over in Tampa right now celebrating, partying, going nuts. Wild thing, somebody says. Good church. Okay. Secretary. Never saw it. Well, somebody says it uh, did uh, double the trouble. Did, uh, you know. I can't, I can't go, yeah, or something like that. Right. So there, uh, the list is growing, and evidently something else is, too. Don't forget to take a peek at Nell uh, McAndrew. Speaking of double the trouble, we got a uh, quadruple shot of uh, something on there for you. Doctor charged with diluting cancer drug. Man, I hate when they do that. Coral Gables urologist Paul Perito was arrested yesterday, accused of selling diluted cancer and AIDS medications, sometimes from the Homestead Strip Club that he owns, in a scheme alleged to have netted almost $60 million for all the participants. Also arrested was his business partner, Nicholas Eust. Where's that? Just. Just Eust. Those arrests are the latest after two dozen others uh, made over the past 15 months in the far-reaching case. Perito, 42, and Eust, 47, are charged with racketeering, 
conspiracy to commit racketeering, organized scheme to defraud, product tampering, vending of counterfeit drugs, and the purchase of prescription drugs from an unlicensed person. The most serious charges are punishable by up to... About 30, man. ...years in prison. The state plans to seek forfeiture of the strip club and is moving to revoke its liquor license as well. Perito's attorney, Brian Tannenbaum... Oi! ...said the doctor intended to plead not guilty. Perito remained in jail late last night with bail set at $2.6 million. Juiced was also in jail, Tannenbaum said. I don't know how to pronounce that. A spokesman for Juiced, Just, Just could not be located. An affidavit filed by Agent Gary Venema of the Florida Department of Law Enforcement presented a lurid description of the urologist dealing illicit prescription drugs from Playpen South on South Dixie Highway in Homestead. I bet you guys are familiar with that. The Playpen South. Never heard of it. Oh, well, you did now. So if you need any good drugs. The doctor also is alleged to have received large amounts of cash there and to have used controlled substances himself, sometimes with a stripper named Barbie. According to an eyewitness whose name was concealed in the affidavit, a stripper named Barbie, and I'm sure you must have that you were playing it before the show today. Yes, <laughs> as a matter of fact, Miguel was. Yeah. The idea that somebody can be so cruel as to be willing to profit by weakening life-saving drugs to cause the suffering of another human being is just outrageous. Florida Attorney General Miss uh, Charlie Chris said in a telephone interview, the investigation is continuing. Miss Christ was pissed. There you go. A stripper named Barbie. The accounts of at least two witnesses were backed up by examination of bank records, uh, and it goes on and on and on. Bad stuff, and it goes in great detail. It's in the Herald today, so for once maybe they got a story right. I doubt it, but they got some of the facts right. Five six seven oh five sixty pound five sixty. So have you ever seen Charlie Crist, uh, Mark Foley, and Janet Reno together? Huh? <laughs> ever seen the two together? I and Norma Kent. Well. WQAM. Hello. Yes, Matthew Good meal, please. Speaking. Hey, how you doing? This is, uh, I have no life, man. Uh, checking in. I have no life. Okay. Check it. Uh, I know you guys are talking about spanky movies. Uh, I gotta give you my personal fave. Embrace of the Vampire with Alyssa Milano. Alright. Let me tell you, uh, if, uh, God were breast, it would be Alyssa. God bless. <laughs> Take care, man. <laughs> okay. What do you say, God breast? Five six seven oh five sixty pound five sixty on the eighteen. Now, listen, Milano, she was on our uh, beaded curtain right not too long ago. Yes, yes, she absolutely was. Today we got Nell McAndrew. I don't want to like pump that too much, but I just <laughs> I uh, do. I know that's that was why I said it. Give you the opportunity to move right in, move back in, or as Michael said, step back in. See that a lot of movies that you know the dialogue by heart because you've seen them so many times. That movie you're trying to forget the dialogue, quite frankly. <laughs> right. Oh, I do like where she says. Dad! Dad! Mary! Boy. Anyway, what do we got? Body Heat 36, nine and a half weeks, 28. Blue Lagoon, uh, 14. Showgirls 8. Basic Instinct 7. Eyes Wide Shut 4. Return to the Blue Lagoon 4. Oh, by the way, Sheridan and, uh, Luis are underwater again. Monsters Ball 3. Two Moon Junction 2. Paradise too. That's right. Luis came out and he's now. Can you explain that to me? Why they always spit the water up out of their lungs when they're like uh, saving somebody that was almost drowning? They always like to spit the water out. Yeah. Is the water coming out of their lungs? Is that it? Right. They got water in their lungs. They gulped some down. They gulped it. Monsters Ball Three, Two Moon Junction's got a pair. Paradise had a pair, and I think they belong to Willie Ames, and they also belong the, to uh, Phoebe Cates. Yeah. Depends yeah, on which yeah. pair you were checking out. The Hunger Two, Unfaithful One, and No Votes, None for Summer Lovers. Wild Things, Secretary, and Embrace of the Vampire. If you watch Paradise, then you'll understand why uh, Scott Bayo is always laughing at Williams in that show. 
and you'll understand yeah. why Charles is in charge. We can't tell you what he's in charge of. Muff might tell you. Wreck 1057 at 560. WQM, if you're on one of those low-carb diets, the Atkins, the South Beach diet, God forbid, Sugar Busters or any low-carb, sugar-free diet, the store you need to do a lot of shopping at and stock up on all kinds of great goodies is Delights of West Boca, the number one low-carb store in America. Now, many of the new reduced-carb products on store shelves are geared toward just cutting back on carbs, cutting down carbs, but not on losing weight. Well, that's just a waste of time. Delights of West Boca's expertise has always been and continues to be on the weight loss phase of low-carb dieting for all of us fat farts. Delights carries over a 1,000 products with a focus toward the lowest carbs possible that can fit into a successful weight-losing low-carb plan. The spring sale is in full swing right now at Delights, so stop on by. Their staff knows low-carb dieting. They're experts on it, and they're open every day, seven days a week from 10 a.m. till 10 p.m. Delights of West Boca, you'll still find them on the northeast corner of Glades and 441, right next to Boston Market, or you can give them a call at 1-877-LOW-CARB, L-O-W-C-A-R-B, or on the web, it's lowcarb.com. Don't forget, Delights of West Boca truly is your official Atkins Retail Center. This is Sports Radio 560, QAM. Friday, you bastards. If you're caught driving without a seatbelt, you will be removed from your car and shot. The police now have the authority to enforce seatbelt safety under the new Patriot Act 2. The new law is in effect now, so click it or be shot. Officers don't like doing this. They are only following orders. It's for your own protection in the never-ending fight against terrorism. Terrorist acts such as mouth noise, burping, and farting could be annoying to others. So under Patriot Act 2, eating will no longer be permitted in restaurants. Anyone eating outside the designated eating area will also be shot. It's the law. We like saying that. The law. The law. The law. The law. It's the law. Lick it and stick it. You know, I'm going to play that again, and this time I'm going to be able to do it. See, I forgot that was in there, and I bet you what? did too. What? <laughs> what they didn't hear. Oh, I didn't hear it either. Anyway, I dumped it. Okay. What are you giving me okay? I don't know what you're talking about. I didn't hear anything. What's the problem, officer? Deploy from the vehicle. If you're caught driving without a seatbelt, you will be removed from your car and shot. The police now have the authority to enforce seatbelt safety under the new Patriot Act 2. The new law is in effect now, so click it or be shot. Officers don't like doing this. They are only following orders. It's for your own protection in the never-ending fight against terrorism. Terrorist acts such as mouth noise, burping, and oh. annoying to others. So under Patriot Act 2, <laughs> eating will no longer be permitted in restaurants. Anyone eating outside the designated eating area will also be shot. It's the law. The law. We like saying that. The law. The law. The law. The law. The law. So I guess there's one I can, in my spare time, uh, straighten that one out myself. You know, it doesn't set, set off any alarms. It's what do so, you mean by that? It's so innocuous. You get a, like a lifetime to get used to uh, certain sounds all over again. Well, you it better set off an alarm, mister. If you know what's good for us, I'll tell you that right now. That farting sound in there. 
Yeah, it better set off all kinds of bells and uh, things. Okay, here's a, a bunch of faxes on our poll today. What movie not X-rated is the hottest you've ever seen? No Mercy, Richard Gere and Kim Basinger, says somebody. No Mercy. Okay. Paul in Miami, unfortunately, I think has made a mistake, although it could be my bad. We'll see. He says, swept away, the original only, and he says, last tango in Paris, which I do believe was uh, got the X rating, didn't it? Uh, you know, I think initially it did. You could be right. I better look it up. Oh. I think you're right. Well, no, I mean, there, there were movies like uh, Caligula and Last Tango in Paris that were X-rated, and we're saying specifically not X-rated. Now, when we're saying not X-rated, we're talking about porno movies, right. but nevertheless... What's that cowboy picture, Midnight Cowboy? Oh! Well, there was nothing sexy in that, including uh, John <laughs> Boyd. But I heard it was X-rated. Yeah. Well, he was a hustler, you know. No, I don't. He and Ratso were... You never saw Midnight Cowboy? No, I didn't. I'll I tell saw, you one thing, you probably saw Urban Cowboy. One of the one of my gay acquaintances put cruising on once. I think that'll. Do oh, jeez! That cured me of any other kind of movie like that. Well, that was not what Midnight uh, Midnight Cowboy was. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, whatever. What am I looking up while you're talking about cramp? Last uh, Temptation Tango. of Christ. Oh, I'm sorry. Last Tango in Paris. I want you to cut your fingernails off so you can stick your fingers. And, and then it's quoting Marlon Brando in here with words that we obviously can't use on the air, especially after we nearly had that fart sound on the air. Uh, the monumental, uh, I don't, does it say what's rated here? I don't know. Let me go to IMDB. It doesn't even say that. I'm sure that last time when Paris got an X rating, but you look it up and if not, we'll put it on there. In fact, maybe we'll put it on there anyway because it wasn't like a porno movie. The story of, oh! I didn't know they made a movie about him. How do you like that? Maybe. The story of, oh! do you know what that movie is? I know about the book. It's a uh, S&M kind of thing. They kidnap this chick and make her be a slave. Oh, and then they send her off to... Abu Ghraib. Right. Okay, so we'll uh, check on some of these, okay? Because now it's getting into like more like work, which we're not too happy about. Hottest movie, The Grasshopper, says somebody. I think Dennis Hopper was in that, wasn't he? Never heard of it. Grasshopper. Well, put it on there anyway, just to satisfy them. 5670560, oh, pound 560 on the AT&T and Verizon wireless line. Actually, we got a battle there. I guess we figured that already. Nine um, and a half weeks in body heat. It's it's rated NC-17 now. What is? But Last Tango? Be, uh, but it was originally X. Well, well, we don't care about that, what it was originally. If it's NC-17, if it's good enough, which means, uh, what does that mean? That is X. No, not really. It's not R. It, it's the next step up between R and X, lax. I'm telling you, put it on there anyway. All right. Because I'm sure it'll get some votes. WQAM, Hello. Hey, what's up? Yes, sir. Um, that's funny you had that bit from uh, about the law. I got stopped by a cop the other day. Yeah. And she goes, and she goes, you know what I'm stopping? I said, no. And she goes, I think you weren't wearing your seatbelt, and I was. And I said, oh, I'm very much aware of the law. And I said, what's it called, chicken and biscuits? And she goes, no, it's click it and ticket. I said, pick it and flick it. <laughs> Oh, you can do that I, in your car, huh? You can do that in your car. It's still legal. You can click it and stick it, and pick it and flick it. That's what Muff said. Wrecked them. Five six seven oh five sixty pound five sixty on the AT and T and Verizon wireless line. Well, we sure got a lot. I don't think I'm going to get to most of this stuff here. I don't think they really care though today, you know. What I do, it's Friday. Uh, huh? It's Friday. Oh, I got a whole pile of stuff. No, it's not the, your stuff. Oh, the army is short three hundred million bullets. 
We'll get to that story a little later. They better aim Time better. permitting. WQAM, hello. Hello. Yes, sir. like to speak to Neil? Speaking. Neil? Yes. Is this really Neil? No, it's just uh, just a mistake. See, I don't I don't have time to deal with uh, dullards, you know. I mean, I have no life. Oh, brother, is this is this Neil? Is it is this really Neil? I mean, the real, real, real. No, the wrong <laughs> the number. Real yellow pages. Yeah, it's it's the wrong number. WQAM, hello. Yeah, Uncle Neil, God Almighty. Yes, sir. Speaking. How are you doing, sir? Happy right. Memorial Day. And Listen, uh, Wild Orchid, kind of like a remake of Nine and a Half Weeks, but hotter. Right. All right, I don't, thank you. I don't know who's in it with her, but I'm not sure. And I have a question about the Godfather, Cariotis. if you'll give me two more seconds. Cariotis who is it, George? The one where, where, uh... Wait a minute. Yes, sir. Now, Wild Orchid. George is answering the question, if you'll listen, if you just calm I'm down. I'm sorry, sir. Carrie Otis, who we've had behind us. Carrie Otis, yeah. Yeah, the, ele the elevator lady. Yeah, she's very, very hot, but it's kind of like a nine and, and a half, line. but it's okay. hotter. My Godfather question is this. When, uh, uh... Tom Hagen goes to talk to the, the, the picture director. Doesn't he say Walsk? Well, let me tell you something, my Mick friend. He says what? He says Walsk instead of Walsk. It's supposed to be Walsk with a Z. But doesn't he say, I'd like to take a little bit of your time? And doesn't he say Walsk is listening? Is that yeah, he, he, actually, he actually does say that. But how do you know it's supposed to be with a Z? How do you know his name wasn't Walsk? Because when, when he drives up into the thing, it says Walsk. W-O-L-C-S pictures. Uh, excuse me, T-Z pictures. Yeah, yeah. Well, maybe maybe he was had, still had some lunch in his mouth or something. I don't know, but right. he, no, he, he does he say was, that. He, he was he was spitting all over Tom Hagen at the dinner table. I know that much. Yeah, maybe that's the problem. Maybe he's just a, a spitter. He's got a little uh, mush mouth problem. Have a great <laughs> day, Pally. Thank you, sir. See ya. Well, see, that's that's a very perspicacious because I thought I was the only one that ever noticed that he says Waltz is listening. He doesn't say Waltz. Waltz is listening. Yeah, you're right. And then he says, Well, let me tell you something, my crunk Mick friends. <laughs> yeah. Oh boy. So good. And the fact that there actually are people alive out there who haven't seen any of The Godfather, I mean, that that just makes you want to sit down on a curb somewhere and cry for hours. Ah, who needs them? So you do it. No. WQAM, hello. Neil, how about um, the real world Cancun? They, meet, they actually made a movie. Real world Cancun? Yeah, it came out like a year ago, I think. How come I missed it? Well, there's this part where you can see Mark's web feet. And then you can see he had a... Okay, great. 5670560. Oh, <laughs> oh, God. Wake up, George. Oh, I'm sorry. Well, what's what's uh, George's problem now? Oh, no, I'm fine. Did I miss something? No, it's just Miguel trying to get me in trouble. Why, because the, these calls are putting you into a coma? Is that what you're trying to say? No, just that one. Oh. Five six seven oh five sixty pound uh, Y and uh, can you explain it to me? I'm a little bit slow. Yay. Oh, speaking of that, what a great segue! The family of Michael Jackson's alleged molestation victim is suing child welfare officials seeking financial damages over a leak in the case. Lawyers said there's a leak. The action marks the first time the family of the boy now believed to be 14 has sought financial compensation in the Jackson case, raising fresh speculation over whether cash could be a motivating factor in the affair. Well, you know that's what they were going to say. Right. The family filed a lawsuit against the L.A. Department of Child and Family Services over the leaking of a confidential memo that said a departmental investigation had found that there was no evidence to suggest Jackson had sexually assaulted the boy. Attorney Larry Feldman, who filed a suit on behalf of the youngster's family, which Jackson is accused of t attempting to extort money from him, said it sought monetary sanctions from the DCFS's alleged 
violation of the family's privacy. The memo said that L.A. police and child welfare officials concluded in the probe that was carried out last year before charges were laid against him in Santa Barbara that the child sex abuse allegations against Jackson were unfounded. The family claims in its suit that it seeks financial damages from the department because officials did not have the human decency to apologize for violating their privacy. DCFS officials said they were aggressively pursuing an investigation into how the document was leaked. A hearing on the case is taking place in Santa Maria today. Jackson, of course, will not be there, which is why there's no big crowd, and there's nobody screaming and yelling, and they're not jumping up and down in the media and they don't give a flying crap, because he ain't going to be there. Ready for that? No, I'm not. Why don't they just get it over with already and put him in Father Gagan's old cell, and let's move <laughs> on with some important business. Cut the crap already. Father Gagan. Join the Mad Dog at 2 today as he broadcasts his show live from Hooters on Pines and University. Stop by for an autograph signing with Marlins pitcher Brad Penny. Enjoy specials on Heine Can and win some prizes, too. That's Mad Dog and Brad Penny at the Hooters and Pepper Ponds, 2 to 4 today. And then join Little George tomorrow from noon to 2 at Intel Wireless. I bet you the guy with the eyes, the guy with the fanny pack, all your favorites will be there tomorrow. Northern Dade, South Dade. Noon to 2. They'll still drive on huh? down. Located at 15985 Northwest 57th Avenue, Miami. Oh. They got nothing else going on. Drive on down and visit Little George. Stop by to spin that veal for prizes. That's tomorrow at Intel Wireless, an authorized Verizon, uh, Verizon, whatever it is, wireless agent, noon to two tomorrow. With Little George and his usual cast of uh, misfits who follow him around. 1113 at 560 WQAM. Are you still a little bit nervous about buying your bed over the phone site unseen? Have no fear. Because for over 25 years, millions of people, including yours truly, have dialed 1-800-MATTRESS, M-A-T-T-R-E-S, for the lowest prices on the best brands in bedding. The easiest possible way to get you a great night's sleep. There's no risk because if it's not perfect in every way, just call them back for a full comfort exchange. It's completely free within About 30, man. 30 days. No extra fees, no strings attached. Dollar Mattress is ranked number one in customer satisfaction. They were winners of the 2004 Better Business Bureau Local Torts of Excellence Award, too. So you can't beat them. When you call 1-800-MATTRESS, you'll get the best prices on the best brands with delivery on your schedule. You pick that two-hour window when it's convenient for you and the best customer service in the business. Why would you waste any of your time and cash schlep and gas schlepping from showroom to showroom? Dial Mattress has got the complete line of Sealy, Serta, King Coil, Simmons, Tempur-Pedic, even Stearns and Foster Hewitt. From Kendall to Stewart, Palm Beach to Ford Myers, Dial Mattress is delivering the finest bedding in the universe. Just make that one easy call. They'll be knocking on your door whenever you like. Call 1-800-MATTRESS. 1-800-M-A-T-T-R-E-S, or check them out online at mattress.com. Live, live, and local. We're Sports Radio 560, QAM. I said, uh, hit you uh, like that. Yeah, yeah, you were. 
and I'm not gay. Sure, I know. In all fairness, that big fat old guy they stuck me with kisses me like they used to do, but he's not you. Ah, that's so sweet. You make me almost want to come back with you. Geldy. Yesterday my life was filled with joy. Oh! Geldy. Now I'm stuck with a guava-loving goy. You're my best sidekick and foil. I miss how you talk like a goyle. Geldy, a sport old Jew. I miss you. After 11 at 560 WQM, happy Friday, happy Memorial Day. Let's see, fatal attraction, somebody says, which they're entitled. We'll put it on yeah, there. Yeah, they are. They're entitled to their opinion. I wouldn't agree with that because no. I'm trying to think of what uh, Michael Douglas is in it. Is he hot? No. Da Glenn Close, Close is in it, too. <laughs> not even, even like close. Even close to a lukewarm. And Archer's uh, not bad, but she don't do anything in there. No, correct. I mean, I've seen that movie how many times? About 30, man. Good movie, which they made with two separate endings, by the way, which yeah. I, I uh, take great exception yeah. to that. You, you know, know, the rabbit was hot. For a little while, yeah, in the pot, <laughs> hot in the pot. Like Duffy said, he's hot on the pot. Rectum. Is what I'm hearing. But anyway, that's what the uh, doctor told him on Tuesday morning. At any rate, uh, filmmaker Michael Moore says he has footage of Berg interview. Really? You know, I'm, I'm glad we didn't put that on our website. I, I had very mixed emotions about that, and I thought about it for about five seconds, and I thought, right. uh, we're not running an S&M website. We do like putting booby pictures on there because our audience appreciates that greatly, but... Uh, right. We're not running an S&M thing on there. That's good, clean fun. The boobies. Good, clean boobies. So we don't right. put filthy boobies on there under any circumstances unless they're nice washed in the... misery. Right. Use it to our own ends. Only really sick, twisted people have the need to right. put that kind of crap on their website. Right. Anyway, filmmaker Michael Moore, whose incendiary new documentary lambaste President Bush's handling of the war... All right. ...said yesterday he has footage unused in the film of Nicholas Berg, the American civilian leader beheaded in Iraq. The footage of an interview with Berg is approximately 20 minutes long. We are not releasing it to the media, Moore said in a statement. It's not in the film. We're dealing privately with a family. Neither Moore nor his representatives would describe the nature or contents of the interview with Berg, who held staunch pro-war views. No one answered the phone Thursday at the home of Berg's parents in Westchester, PA. Fahrenheit 9-11, which recently won the top prize at the Cannes Film Festival, accuses the Bush camp of stealing the 2000 election. Absolutely. Uh, overlooking terrorism warnings before 9-11. Absolutely. And fanning fears of more attacks to secure American support for the Iraq war. Absolutely correct, sir. Which is kind of interesting because here we go again with that uh, bogus press conference on Wednesday. Well, uh, we got more attempts. We got these seven people and et cetera and so on. It, it's really, I, I think the Democrats, if anything else, they should all be doing like Al Gore. They should all be screaming right. and hollering and carrying around like crazy. How dare you be doing this and playing with the emotions of the public and using these scare tactics just because your numbers are dropping like a rock in the polls? How dare they yeah. drag the good name of the United States of America through the mud of Saddam Hussein's torture prison? We need a lot more like that. You go, Al. 
He found it a little bit too late, but for him anyway, but that's the way it goes. Oh, I like this story. Media Matters for America President and CEO David Brock. He's the Matt Drudge who's out of the closet with some balls. He saw the light. It's not too late, Matt. Come out wherever you are, sweetheart. Come out. Get rid of that silly hat. Media Matters for American President CEO David Brock Wednesday sent a letter to Defense Secretary Donald Rumsfeld requesting that Rumsfeld consider removing radio host Rush Limbaugh from the American Forces Radio and Television Service known as Armed Forces Radio formerly. In his letter, Brock said that Limbaugh, whose program is broadcast for one hour per day to U.S. troops overseas, has spent the past four weeks condoning and trivializing the abuse, torture, rape, and possible murder of Iraqi prisoners by U.S. guards at the Abu Ghraib prison. Rumsfeld has repeatedly described the treatment of these Iraqi prisoners as fundamentally un-American. It is abhorrent that the American taxpayer is paying to broadcast what is, in effect, pro-torture propaganda to American troops, Brock wrote to Rumsfeld. I ask you to consider removing Mr. Lumbaugh from the radio network to protect our troops from these reckless and dangerous messages. Brock added that Limbaugh's comments, which contradict orders issued by the commander of U.S. forces in Iraq, barring many previously available coercive techniques, undermine the military's chain of command and may also inflame anti-American sentiment abroad, putting our servicemen and women at risk. The controversy surrounding Limbaugh's comments began when he said on May 4th, this is no different than what happens at the Skull and Bones initiation. I'm talking about people having a good time. These people, you ever heard of emotional release? You ever heard of needing to blow off some steam? Yada, yada, yada. And a partridge... In a pear tree. How do you like that? Pill popping Nazi, and he's still on the air, and he's still uh, spewing the same kind of crap. And probably still popping a few. Don't surprise me at all. He just found somebody to replace Wilma. In fact, we will be putting Wilma's number on our website this weekend for the holidays. Okay? For anybody that needs a supply. Five six seven oh five sixty pound five sixty. In fact, that's an idea. We can have uh, nude pictures and uh, drug dealers on our website. How's that? I'd rather do that than have snuff films on there. Nude pictures of drug dealers. Right. WQM line nine. Not there. Uh oh. See, that goes to show you when you least expect it. I might reach over there and punch one, and then. Ow! Absentee ballot law is a joke that isn't funny. And remember we were talking the other day about the Herald and somebody said Jim DeFeedy once in a great while writes something that makes sense? He actually did it. Once in a while. And here it is. Every vote should count. It's got quotes on it. That's what uh, Jeb Bush said upon signing a law to measure doing away with witness signatures for absentee ballots. Every vote should count. Our governor, what a kidder, Jim DeFeedy writes. If we counted every vote in Florida, Jeb's brother would be spending all of his time and not just some of his time falling off his bicycle on his Texas ranch. The only thing that Bill Jeb signed Tuesday guarantees is that Florida elections will continue to be a joke. By taking away the witness requirement, the governor and legislature not only made it easier for corruption to take place within itself, which is a fairly amazing feat, but they've also made it much more difficult to catch. The folks in Tallahassee at the urging of election supervisors across the state claimed the witness requirement was too burdensome on some people and that 2,000 absentee ballots had to be discarded this year during the presidential primary because they didn't have the required signature. You don't change the rules just because a few people can't follow them. You work on making the rules better understood. After all, how hard is it to get somebody to witness a ballot? Anyone can do it, a family member, a friend, a neighbor, the mailman, your dog, anyone. And it's a good article, Jim Defeaty. You go, it's about time. And have another donut. 26 past 11 at 560. Speaking of eating, this is your final weekend. Oh, that's right. We don't have no, uh, we don't have no Josh today, so I better get ready. See you. Right. 
Final weekend to enjoy all you can eat Maine lobster at the Emerald Coast. That is right. You can eat all of the Maine lobster Thermidor style only at the Emerald Coast that you can shove down your puss. In addition to this popular crustacean, Emerald Coast offers a spectacular line of mouth-watering delights. Start off with the uh, choice of six soups, a 30-item salad bar. About 30, man. Oysters on a half-shell, sushi, roasted duck, hunan fish, just to name a few. If you still have room, try the hand-carved prime rib. They're new Thai specialties. And, of course, the Maine lobster Thermidor. Emerald Coast promotes only healthy living because they don't use any of their crap in their cooking. They cook only with canola oil, a cholesterol-free oil, and they don't use any MSG or cornstarch, no crap. And how about those desserts? It doesn't say anything in here about... See you. Huh. How about those desserts? Emerald Coast has uh, gotten out of the world desserts selection featuring such favorites as chocolate-covered strawberries, cream caramel, hot Belgian waffles, and an ice cream bar with all your favorite toppings, a perfect ending to a gigantic feast fit for a beast. Emerald Coast, three locations for you. They're in Sunrise, Sunny Isles Beach, and Pembroke Pines. And believe me, they do have delicious seal, no matter what this spot says. Emerald Coast recently voted the number one Asian gourmet restaurant by readers of the Sun Sentinel, WSBN Channel 7, and Zagat Restaurant Review for the past three years, as a matter of fact. For reservations, call 954-572-3822. Take the whole gang for an unmatchable feast at the world-famous Emerald Coast Chinese Buffet. My and local. This is Sports Radio 560. QA, Friday, you bastard. Hi, I'm Sally Struthers, and every day millions of children in this country don't have access to the food they so desperately want to eat. Many will go to bed hungry tonight. Hungry for that fourth toaster strudel. Won't you please help feed the fat children? Yes, for only $1.89 a day, roughly the price of a box of Ho-Ho's. You can sponsor an obese child through the Feed the Fat Children Foundation. In return, you'll get a wide-angle photo of that special child, plus handwritten notes written on Krispy Kreme napkins. Won't you help feed a fat child? A child like Timmy here. Say hi, Timmy. Hi, I'm Timmy. Help me, I'm starving. You'll swell with pride as you watch your child swell with pounds. So please, supersize your heart and call now and help feed the fat children. This is Sally's Struthers saying thank you. Timmy, can I have a bite of your ring ding? No, it's mine. Give it to me, you little tub of lard. You can't have it. Give it. No. <laughs> She's a giant in the industry, make no mistake about it. Poor Sally. 11.33, 27 to we got the Mad Dog doing a show at uh, Hooters on Pines University at 2. Here's uh, Sean who says, can I recommend Excalibur? And I can't read the rest of it, Sean, because obviously back in the day I could have, but not no more. You'll understand. You got it? We got it. Excalibur. Okay. He was talking about uh, that scene in Excalibur. Yeah. Or the, or Uther. In full armor. In full armor, yeah. Right. Wasn't that in full metal jacket? <laughs> Anyway, making love with Harry Hamlin and Michael Onkeen. I can't believe our good friend uh, Alan and Key West misspelt my misspelt it. Michael Onkeen, he put a T on the end. But at any rate, uh, I don't. Uh, I guess it was a good movie. Kate Jackson was in it. Harry Hamlin was. I don't think had to act too much. He's married. He was married to whom again? From uh, from uh, Knott's Landing. Nicolette Sheridan. Right. Very good. In fact, she was probably akin to Sheridan on Passions. But anyway, 
Harry Hamlin. I always thought, well, of course, I, when I say he was married to somebody, aren't they all married to somebody? Isn't Rob Lowe married to somebody and has a whole bunch of kids? Wasn't David Cassidy married to somebody and had a whole bunch of kids? Isn't Tom Cruise been married a couple of times and had, uh, well, maybe adopted some kids? Right? Right. Everybody's married. Rock Hudson was married, for Christ's sakes. So uh, Harry Hamlin, to me, he just seems awfully swishy. Now, I don't know. I mean, I don't really care one way or the other. They don't do anything for me. But he just seems awfully, awfully, awfully. Doesn't he? Or is that just my, uh, huh? I hadn't noticed. Oh. Harry Hamlin. Yes, you did. Well, and did uh, Michael Lonkin. He did that, you, you know, Clash of the Titans, and he was Greek. He was in a Greek movie? Yeah, what does that say? Uh, let's see. Steve from Davies says, don't know if anyone's mentioned this movie yet. No, they haven't. Sirens, it says, was a pretty odd movie. Sirens, got it? Yeah, we got it. I can hear them right now, all them sirens. What movie, not X-rated, is the hottest you have ever seen? That's our poll question. And I think they like the poll, although I think they like the naked pictures today of Nell uh, McAndrew better. Because we're getting a phenomenal response. And there's nobody in town. That's the amazing part of it. You can tell by the votes. But boy, oh boy, are we getting a tremendous look in the view there on our two-for-one holiday pictures. It's like a little bonus for you, just for the holidays. Keep you out of trouble. Keep you off the streets. What movie, uh, not X-rated, is the hottest you've ever seen? Nine and a half weeks. I'm sure we did do this now, but it's a long time ago. Yeah, it's a good, good one. A couple of years, anyway. And nine and a half weeks won then. 47, Body Heat 46. We've got a battle going on. Blue Lagoon 19, Showgirls 19, Wild Things 18. Basic Instinct, 13. Monsters Balls, 12. Eyes Wide Shut, 10. Two Moon Junction, 7. The Hunger, 6. They're hungering for it. Unfaithful, 5. Summer Lovers, 5. Return to the Blue Lagoon, 4. The Story of... Oh! 3. Fatal Attraction, 3. Embrace of the Vampire, 3. Wild Orchids got a pair. Paradise had a pair. Secretary, 2. No Mercy, 1. And no votes yet for Sirens of Personal Best, which went on their only moments ago, 227 votes. See what I mean? Ordinarily, by this time, we'd have, like, uh, about 300 votes at least. But, well, maybe maybe their movie didn't go up there yet. That could be it, too, see? Possible. Or maybe just if I would take some more calls and shut up, maybe we'd get a lot more movies on there. 5670560, oh, pound 560 on the AT&T line. WQAM, hello. Hey, Neil, how are you? Pretty good, sir. All right, two things. First of all, for the movies, I like to go with uh, Entity. Entity? Yeah, I think that's what it was called. The Isn't it The Entity? Yeah. The Entity, okay. Yeah, when the girl got... Ghost rape. Yeah, it was something. And second, um, as far as you know, our, our U.S. soldiers uh, abusing the Iraq prisoners and all that, you know, the dog collars and stripping them down and all Abu that. Rib. Yeah. Yeah, uh, basically that's just a Saturday night of the trapeze for me and my wife. So I really don't see the problem. Okay, well, have a good time. Watch out for the BS, oh! by the way. Is there anything to say at this point? No. 5670560, oh, pound 560 on the AT&T line. WQAM, hello. Neil. Yes, sir. Got one for your poll. All right. Uh, sliver. Sliver? That's what he said. Uh, that's what Sliver. I'm just, I'm just right. trying to imagine where, where they had the sliver. Rectum. I'm just you know, trying to you know, picture that in my mind. WQAM, hello. Hey, I think yes, I sir. have the winner for your poll. Okay, this is the wiener. Uh, the graduate. It's an older one, but the, when the Mrs. Robertson will kick her, her leg up in the air, it makes me go la, 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 la. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
I'll tell you one thing, you know, Anne Bancroft was almost as sexy what? in that scene as the one where she said... You ate the yoni! Yeah, almost. Mrs. Uh, the Graduate, okay? Yeah, I don't okay. see anything at all sexual about that movie because it was all like, yeah. uh, you know... Well, there was a scene in the strip club with an airplane act. Oh, I see. Oh, speaking of strip club, what was that movie that Chris Atkins was in, which, again, uh, you wouldn't be interested in, but uh, what was that movie? A Night in Heaven. A Night in Heaven. Boy, I can't believe you know that. And what about Boogie Nights? That what was had it? its moments. They got women in all those movies that you're naming there. What uh, about Boogie Nights? Yeah, exactly. Heather Graham, naked. What's not to like in there? And since we're talking about people we like a lot, like Jennifer Connelly, boy, she, I'll tell you, she really is great. She's good. She's beautiful. I'm not just talking about how beautiful she is. I'm talking about she's a good actress. Yeah, she is. Because I saw the end of uh, Beautiful Mind again the other night. It was, right. on, it was on somewhere, and I watched the last 20 or 30 minutes. And I still don't like Russell Crowe, but it's a great. He does, he's Likewise. a good actor, and she's right. a great. But anyway, uh, what's wrong with uh, our favorite? Requiem for a Dream. For erotic? She's done more erotic. I understand, but what's wrong with the, the ask to ask? Can we still say that? No. Let me ask somebody. <laughs> Let me ask our program director because ask is his middle name is what the doctor said. No, no, seriously. <laughs> the situation surrounding that scene made it not erotic for some of us. Why is that? It's more tragic than anything. Well, you it was really tragic. See anything, oh, yeah, yeah come on. Thing. Well, you're you're misreading a lot of people out there, a lot of desperados. Well, whatever. Yeah, for them, I understand, but it. Uh, well, yeah. I'm just telling you right now, Requiem for a Dream needs to be on there. Make okay. no mistake about it. I, I guarantee it ain't no uh, sliver, but it's uh, it'll get a vote or two. Twenty till noon at five sixty WQAM. Oh, there we go. No, you don't have to cut it down. In fact, I got it here myself. I which I'm surprised you, you actually got that now. We had it around. Since your DCS is so barren of any good stuff, that's another another reason I can't stand being in South Florida is because every time I come out of that studio, it's like uh, I'm operating with a handicap. Speaking of handicap, and don't forget, a week from tomorrow, it's the Belmont and uh, Smiley uh, Smarty Ass uh, Jones will win the Triple Crown. I was thinking this morning you know, while I was shaving, and don't ask me why, I was thinking in seventy uh, in the seventies, boy, if you're a horse fan, or even if you weren't. What a great time it was. 73 Secretariat won a Triple Crown. 77 Seattle slew and the Frenchman didn't fall off Jean Cruguet. And in 78 affirmed in Aladar those great battles. Affirmed wins a Triple Crown with a little Stevie Coffin aboard. So you had three in like seven years. And I think Spectacular Bid was 79 also. So you could have four in eight years if uh, somebody would have told Ronnie Franklin it wasn't a uh, six for long race. Are you following all of that? Good, because Dave Johnson's going to be asking you questions when he calls us next uh, Friday. Oh, that's right. You know, summertime in South Florida guarantees three things, heat, humidity, and hurricanes. You can't control the weather, unfortunately, but you can control how you protect your home during hurricane season, which is already upon us, by the way, May through, like, November, they call it. And this is supposed to be a bad one. So here's the deal. Florida New Code Hurricane Shutters has installed shutters in over 3,000 homes in South Florida over the past decade. From panels, accordion, roll-down, or Bahama shutters... Florida New Code Hurricane Shutters makes it easy for you to pick out the hurricane protection that you need for your home. Call 954-868-4935 for your free home estimate. If you own a two-story home, you know it's a real pain in the ass using a ladder to put up those shutters. Florida New Code now offers a new steel panel system designed to be installed from the inside on your second floor window, so forget about those ladders and breaking your neck. They'll even give you a credit for your existing hurricane protection toward any new purchase, too. So please uh, think about doing it right now because, like I said, hurricane season is getting underway right now. This is the time to be thinking about protecting your home. Call Florida New Code Hurricane Shutters today at 954-868-4935. 954-868-4935. 
Florida new code hurricane shutters providing South Florida hurricane protection over the past decade. My and local. This is Sports Radio 560. QAM. Here's a fax that says, how about adding personal best to the pool? It's a movie starring Muriel Hemingway. Like, I don't know what it is. Starring Muriel Hemingway is a track athlete with some really hot scenes that George would appreciate. Like, I don't know? Yeah, like, we don't know? I saw that in the theaters. Oh, my God. Anyway, it says also, if you'd like to file up the Lindy and Pat Boone photo. Did you see this? Did you look at this? Uh, let's get it. Okay. We can have a nice, crisp, clean, uh, I'm sure it's well done. And we can stick right on there since we got so many goodies on our website these days. It's just almost scary when you come right down to it. So we'll put personal vest on there, and thank you so much. 5670560, pound 560 on the AT&T line. What movie? Not X-rated. In other words, not a porno movie. I, I, maybe I should have said that, right? Right. Although we haven't really had that many come up that were like Midnight Cowboy. Midnight Cowboy wasn't the least bit sexy in any way, shape, or form. I'll unless you're really a desperate old fag. Of course, back in that day, you know. What movie, not X-rated, is the hottest you've ever seen? Nine and a half weeks, 54, Body Heat 52, and then it's way down. It's strictly a two-hoss race. Wild Things 24, Showgirls 23, The Blue Lagoon 22, Basic Instinct 15, Monsters Balls 14, Eyes Wide Chart 11, Two Moon Junction 10, Unfaithful 7, The Hunger 6, The Summer Lovers 5, Story of, uh, oh, 4, Return to the Blue Lagoon 4. Uh, let's see. Fatal Attraction's got uh, some, too, which I can't believe. Fatal Attraction's got three. Embrace of the Vampire, three. Okay. Secretary, three. Paradise, two. Requiem for a Dream, two. See, uh, two already for Requiem for a Dream, you have little faith. We love Jennifer Connelly, and we like her best ass to ass. No Mercy, one. Excalibur, one. Silver, a uh, sliver, one. Silver, sliver. The uh, Entity, don't have any yet. Sirens, the Graduate, personal best, and, uh, well, well, per and person best. My bad. <laughs> <laughs> now, see, you can't get rid of that, can you? Nope. 
Eric's going to have to, uh, he's going to have to bail your ass out of there. You got to bail uh, Miguel's Rectum. out of there, Eric. He's got personal best and person best. Speaking of best person, I got to say one thing. I know we have no hockey fans in this audience, but Dan Boyle, the former uh, Panther uh, defenseman who's got a home in Fort Lauderdale still, by the way, who was, uh, wasn't good enough for the Panthers, but has played great for Tampa Bay. And after the loss on Tuesday night, Dan Boyle, uh, Dave Andrichuk in the locker room tells him after the game that his house had burned, not completely down, but his house in Tampa, $300,000 worth of damage, electrical uh, cord or something. So there was electrical fire, massive damage. And so he's got this, uh, you know, it's going to take four months to uh, get back into the house and rebuild and do all this other stuff. And God only knows how much insurance he had. So Dan Boyle last night, who got knocked around pretty bad in that game Tuesday also, just played fantastic. He scored a goal and just played sensational all night long for the Lightning. Who kicked Calgary as so the series is even now. Good game last night. Too bad nobody watched it in South Florida. Too bad we got no hockey fans, not just in South Florida, but in the USA. In fact, in the U.S., in game one on Tuesday night, they did a 1.1 share, the hockey. 1.1, which means how many people watched it in the U.S.? About 30, man. Over 3 million people watched it on the CBC Tuesday night's game here in Canada, because we got some real hockey fans, but, you know, got a lot of pinochle tournaments, uh, shuffleboard stuff, a lot of stuff going on in Florida. That Mahjong tournament is like a real winner in Hallandale. 5670560. Oh, I didn't hear anything about Dan Boyd. You got nothing to say about that? The kid's house burns down, and he goes out there and plays a great game and scores a goal. Defenseman, no less. Not good enough for the Panthers, but good enough for the uh, soon to be champion Tampa Bay Lightning. WQAM, hello. QAM. Not there. WQAM, hello. Can we go for two, three, four? Huh? Hello? WQ Too late. WQAM, hello. Hello, Neil. How are you yeah. today? Okay, sir. Uh, just letting your let listeners know that uh, the highway patrol between uh, on a turnpike southbound 152 to 184. Uh, I think they're stopping me with a plane. To check, just to check to see if you have your seatbelt on. So. Oh, they're clicking it and licking it, huh? They're checking, they're checking from the plane. Thanks for the bad news, Pally. Take care. Have a great weekend, you guys. You too. Bye. How do you like that? They're trying to destroy your holiday weekend, okay? They're out there. Oh, yeah, we're trying to save lives. Right. That's got a lot to do with it. If you're going like three miles uh, over the speed limit on Hiatus Road there in Broward. Oh, we're trying to save your life. No, you're not. You're trying to write business, okay? That's what you're trying to do. You're trying to write more business. You're not fooling me. Well, that plantation chief, talk about a guy who needs a lobotomy. But anyway, WQAM, hello. Yeah, how about Last Tango in Paris? Didn't we uh, did we put that on or not? I thought we did. I thought odd. we did, but I'm glad you mentioned that again because I think we forgot about it because we thought it was originally X-rated, but then it was not. So thank you so much for reminding us. See, we, we argued about it. We had a big simus about it. We even ate some carrot simus in honor of it. Last <laughs> Tango in Paris should be on there. It's not on there. All right. That was our bad. Now, let's see. Did Eric Bale, uh, look at that. Right. What a nice job, Eric. He is right on top of it. In between salami sandwiches, he just bailed uh, Miguel's ass right out. Took off that person best, which gotcha. we'll replace with Last Tango in Paris. With uh, a slightly less enormous Marlon Brando. Slightly. <laughs> just a tad. Just a pound or two. Just a couple hundred pounds less than whatever he's uh, carrying around right now. Just 250 or 300 pounds less. Man, he is just uh, a gigantic in the industry. Marlon Brando. There, there's one of the most uh, bizarre people. You know, he really is uh, something else. What's the matter with you? I think your brain is going soft. WQAM, hello. Hey, Neil. Yes, sir. I got one for the poll. 
Hello? Yes, I'm here. I'm oh, listening. Uh, the great Texas dynamite chase. That was with Marsha Brady. So hot. <laughs> I just want to cry, you know what? See, I think what we need to do is just forget about all the bedtime stories. Forget about it. Let's just put naked pictures on a website every day. What do you okay. say? Just dozens of them, huh? Okay. We'll put something for everybody. We'll put male, female, uh, animal, vegetable, you mineral, you know. Feel that. Wow. It is really something. WQAM, hello. Nice talking to you. WQAM, hello. Hey, Neil, how you doing? Pretty good. How'd you guys forget about striptease? It was Come easy. Okay, well, we got it now. The need more. And also, I think George and Goldie should start the morning show now. All right. George and Goldie together again. Ow, how do you like that? Ow, ow. <laughs> yeah, you guys don't have any issues yet. What would we talk about? Uh, hockey. Something you know a lot about, right? Five six seven oh five sixty about Dan Boyle, number twenty-two. Their Tampa Bay defenseman, not good enough for the Panthers. I'll say it again: Rhett Warner, not good enough for the Panthers. But the organization. Now we got the coach that we wanted, the general manager that we didn't want, but that the coach wanted, and uh, et cetera and so on. A lot of BS again. All spin, all the BS, all the time. Win some games, baby. South Florida wants a winner. They love a winner. Anything short of that, all they want to do is bitch about it. They don't have any, want, have any interest. Just give them a winner. That's it. Stop the BS, Alan Cohen. You're not kidding us. WQAM, hello. Hey, Neil. How you doing? Does, uh, does the name Caligula be good for that poll? Yeah, Caligula would be good. It was, it was definitely X-rated, but like I said, it wasn't a porno movie, so we'll put it on there. Honor Gore Vidal, the great Gore Vidal. Oh! Caligula, what do you say? Yeah, definitely. Okay. See, we, I should have said it's my bad. I should have said not pornographic, but I mean, uh, yeah, well, not triple X rated. That would be even better, right? Because triple X is like a, uh, you know, a porno movie, whereas X rated just meant it was like a regular pedestrian movie, like, uh, like, uh, Clockwork Orange. Right. Which there was nothing pornographic in it. There was a lot of violence. And then, of course, there was that scene, well, with the, that rocking, the rocking ceramic penis, but nevertheless. That was a comedy scene. Right. right. And then, of course, there was that snake. Five six seven oh five sixty pound five sixty on the AT and T and Verizon Wireless line. WQAM, hello. Oh, Cash Bob is an old town douchebag. Oh, how sad. And line nine is always a winner too. It's always something really good. Gives me an opportunity to mention again. Join the Mad Dog 2 to 4 this afternoon as he broadcasts live from Hooters on Pines and University. And be sure to stop by for an autograph signing with Marlins pitcher Brad Penny. Enjoy specials on Heineken. Did I tell you Freddie Heineken died? I told you that, didn't I? Who? Freddie Heineken. Never built. Okay. Yeah, you did. He's the founder of Heineken Beer, you clown. And win some prizes. That's what Mad Dog and Brad Penny at Hooters and Pembroke Pines. Now, George tomorrow is making an appearance. He won't have any Heineken because he's not going to Heineken. You're right. That's George tomorrow, noon to 2 at Intel Wireless at 15985 Northwest 57th Avenue, Miami. Stop by to spin the veal for prizes. That's Intel Wireless, an authorized Verizon Wireless agent, noon to 2 tomorrow with little George, who don't know his hiney from his can. 11.56 at 5.60. WQM, speaking of that, if you're not really sure what's going on in your uh, can or the rest of your body, stuff. Nobody wants to think about cancer, heart disease, any of these horrible diseases that the Lord has foisted upon us, but... It's a proven fact that disease responds best to treatment if detected early. 
That's why I went there a few weeks ago just to find out if, like, uh, I'm all still there, you know, inside, outside, in between, and came out with some good test results, too. They said, look at that, the man even got a heart. Hollywood Diagnostic Center is proud to announce their virtual colonoscopy, a lot less intrusive than the traditional method, by the way. Coronary heart scoring and full-body screening exams that can detect cancer and other life-threatening diseases in the early stages while it's still in time to do something about it. Doctor's referral is not needed. For all your imaging exams, call Hollywood Diagnostic Center at 954-966-3600 for the test that can do one of two things. Either give you a heads-up on some, a problem that's developing you can do something about, or, number two, if there's nothing wrong with you, give you and your family tremendous peace of mind. At Hollywood Diagnostic Center, they offer state-of-the-art imaging equipment with open MRI, high-speed CAT scan, nuclear medicine, and much more. This could be a life-saving call. You really ought to do it. Hollywood Diagnostic Center has been serving the community for over 20 years, and the facility also provides a complete mobile diagnostic service that can come right to you. Call Hollywood Diagnostic Center for your imaging exams today. Call 954-966-3600. Live and local, this is 560. The radio is all yours now. QAM. Sick Cheney. I like to relax by having Mary Magdalene massage my balls while listening to the Neil Rogers 12 to 1 hour. <laughs> I will tell you nothing. I spit on your interrogation. Hey! All right. You leave me no choice. Call the special agent. What kind of agent are you? Insurance agent, actually. Hi, I'm Brad. Oh, no. If you can spare me just six hours of your time, I'd six love hours? to discuss our new executive whole life policy. What is this whole life? Are I you kidding? Know. It's an exciting alternative to term life insurance. Exciting? With some terrific tax-deferred benefits for all of your loved ones. Oh, no. By the way, are you a smoker? No, 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 no. <laughs> Great. No, no, no. Now, if you combine I... the whole life with this wonderful oh. annuity policy, you can get the best of both worlds. You're so Full boring. protection and a steady retirement. Oh. Income. Oh, God, please. No, no, stop it. <laughs> but first, it, let please. me back up and talk oh. about the many differences between term life and whole life. Oh, now, now, term life may seem attractive at first because of the lower premium, but what if you become uninsurable by the end of the term? Oh, Once you become older and really need the insurance, wouldn't you rest easier knowing that coverage is guaranteed? No! <laughs> of course you would. I I've taken the liberty of putting together this pie chart. If I can just direct... How dare they drag the good name of the United States of America through the mud of Saddam Hussein's torture prison? I tell you one thing, either he got a little sun the night before or he was popping a lot of Viagras before he got up there and made that speech. He just, he's wound up like a mad, a right. maniac. That was the good Al Gore that we never uh, saw or heard even who existed before that. Man, just, just, I'll tell you, Carrie should just stay in the background, you know, walking around like Herman Munster, and just let him make all the speeches. Don't you think? <laughs> Good plan, but it won't happen. And once in a while, you know, when Al's like, uh, run out of steam a little bit, yeah, drag old Howard out for a uh, good time. Absolutely. Not that Howard. Man. Bomb threat diverts American Airlines flight. You see this? No. I mean, not that people are touchy or nervous. An American Airlines jet flying from Dallas-Fort Worth to Boston was diverted yesterday after a flight attendant found a note saying there was a bomb in the cargo hold. Investigators examined a suspicious package taken from the plane that turned out to be a bag similar to a computer case, said Kelly Watson, spokesman for National uh, International Airport. Contents were nothing harmful or hazardous. It was cleared. Uh, Watson declined to identify the bag's contents. Probably in a computer case, guess what they probably found? Henry? A computer. Oh. The flight attendant found that in one of the plane's lavatories, the 129 passengers were taken off the plane, were being re-screened by the TSA and the FBI. 
Flight 306 left Dallas-Fort Worth at 1.46 p.m., landed in Nashville shortly after 3.30. It was a full flight carrying two pilots and three flight attendants. It was just a coincidence, said Homeland Security spokesman Dennis Murphy, that in Nashville, the MD-80 was parked near the Tennessee National Guard airfield, where Air Force One awaited President Bush's arrival after a speech and fundraiser in Nashville. How do you like that? El Presidente departed Nashville on Air Force One about 7.50 p.m. White House spokeswoman Claire Buchan said the incident did not affect Bush's travel plan. He's going to Italy, you know. He's going to meet with the Pope, El Papa. He's going to tell him all about his speech he made at Bob Jones University and how they said the Catholics were a bunch of, of devil worshippers, etc. and so on. You think? I know it. And speaking of politics, which I know most of the punks out there don't give a flying crap about, but you better start thinking about it while before they send your before they send your ass marching off to North Korea or Iran or Syria or some god forbidden place like that. Syria? I'm serial. Okay. Kerry surges ahead in twelve crucial swing states as Bush poll ratings plummet. All right. George Bush has had a warning shot from the crucial battleground states. Likely to decide the outcome of the presidential election, where his rival John Kerry is surging ahead. All right. Less than six months from election day, polls suggest that Mr. Kerry... See, Kerry is doing the right thing. Just like if Howard Dean would have kept his wife in the closet. And as long as Kerry stays out of our view too much and people don't realize how much he looks and acts like Herman Munster, uh, where he's a lot better off. Less than six months from election day, polls suggest that Mr. Kerry is leading El Presidente in 12 of the 16 so-called swing states. He's swinging it. In some states, the lead is slight, but in places such as New Hampshire, which Mr. Bush won in 2000, Mr. Kerry's got a lead of almost 10%. How do you like that? Oh, my God. Though polls offer only a snapshot in time, pollster John Zogby, who made the latest survey, said if present leads in those 16 states hold true, remember I talked about this yesterday, I couldn't find the numbers? Right. And Democrats and Republicans hold on to the states each party won easily in 2000, Mr. Kerry will win with a margin of 102 electoral college votes. I've made a career of taking bungee jumps in my election calls, Mr. Zogby wrote in an op-ed article. Here's my jump for 2004. John Kerry will win the election. We're unlikely to see any big bumps for either candidate because opinion is so polarized and I believe frozen in place. There are still six months to go. Anything can happen. But as of today, the race is John Kerry's to lose. The battleground states, Arkansas, Florida... Iowa, Michigan, Minnesota. We're going to have to have a lot of absentee ballots with no witnesses, Jeb. Thousands and thousands, maybe 30,000 of those, just in case. Arkansas, Florida, Iowa, Michigan, Minnesota, Missouri, Nevada, New Hampshire, New Mexico, Ohio, Oregon, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Washington, West Virginia, and Wisconsin are likely to prove crucial in deciding who carries the day on November 2th. Republican and Democratic strategists know that in at least 30 states, along with the District of Columbia, the outcome of the vote is a foregone conclusion. But in the battleground states, which were won in 2000 by six percentage points or less, everything is up for grabs. Not surprisingly, this is where both sides are focusing much of their effort. A poll in these 16 states will have shaken President's strategists as they've watched his approval ratings sink to between 41 and 47 percent, the lowest of his presidency. His aides say that in battleground states, the president has the advantage, but the new poll suggests this is not the case. How do you like that? He spent too much time talking about Abu Ghraib. If these numbers are correct, the Republicans are probably disappointed, said Ken Goldstein. He's probably akin to Gildy, professor of political science at the University of Wisconsin-Madison. 
Some analysts attribute Mr. Kerry's surge to biographical ads in those 16 states at a cost of 25 million bucks. Experts say they appear to have helped him recover from negative ads paid for by the Republicans, which criticized his voting record in Congress and questioned his national security credibility. Adam Clymer, the political director of the National Annenberg Election Survey, told USA Today, Kerry's been doing a better job lately in the battleground states, and my guess is his ads are very important in that, et cetera, and so on. So there you go, for what it's worth, okay? And, for and. what it's worth, Somebody who knows about winning elections, especially against right-wing fanatics. Former President Clinton said Thursday that Democratic presidential candidate John Kerry is smart not to comment daily on every development in Iraq because he recognized he's not the president. Clinton also said in his memoirs due out weeks before this summer's Democratic National Convention will not steal Kerry's spotlight, will only help the party. Speaking at his office in Harlem, Clinton said he didn't think Kerry was running too safe a campaign. Some political strategists have suggested Kerry's failing to exploit increasing skepticism about President Bush's handling of the war as violence in Iraq escalates and more details emerge about the abuse of Iraqi prisoners. Abu Ghraib. He's the candidate for president. He's not somebody who's supposed to give day-by-day commentary on events, Clinton said. He's made quite clear what he believes about the major issues in the news today, and I think he's shown a certain reticence. The former president said that given the seriousness of the problems we face in the world today, I think it's been quite appropriate. Clinton, talking to reporters, said Kerry should be focused on letting the American people get to know him, who he is, what he's for, what he wants to do, and then clarify on his terms the differences between himself and the president. In fact, that would be the best thing I think he could say is, I'm not George Bush. Just keep saying that, right? I'm not George Bush. And people will be going, All right. yeah, thank God. <laughs> Just pronounce like it right. And then once in a while slipping up. Abu Ghraib. Like that. 5670560, oh, pound 560 on the AT&T and Verizon line. What movie, not X-rated, is the hottest you've ever seen? That's our poll question today. WQAM, hello. Not there. QAM, hello. Okay. No, no I'm, I'm, well, I'm going to clear his throat fully before we speak to this caller. QAM, hello. Hello, Neil. Yes, sir. Yes, I'd like to add one to your poll, and it's a great movie. It'll keep you up for two hours. It's called Coyote Ugly. Coyote Ugly? Yes, ask George. He knows. Do you know George? Yeah, I know George. He's a good guy. Oh, okay. Coyote Ugly. Do we have any idea what that is? It's a joke call, and it's a joke movie. So what does that mean? No, nothing sexy about it. Nobody got naked. All the women in there are indeed Coyote Ugly, even though they're not supposed to be. I see. Uh, oh. WQAM, hello. Uh, Harold and Maude. WQAM, hello. How you doing? Is this George? Yeah, this is George. This is Paul. Oh, this is Neil. Oh, hi, Paul. Hi, Neil. I was going to throw in uh, Barbarella. Barbarella with Jane Fonda. Yes. Now we're talking. And uh, I have one other thing to uh, a little way back. It was Sleepers in New York. The colonel at the time, John, uh, what's his name? He condemned the movie because the priest had lied on the stand. Not what one went on in the... Uh, at home for the uh, youngsters, in case you guys weren't aware of that. And the, and the idea of the Catholic Church comes out with their version and how they limit uh, the movies. It's, it's caught in the tablet newspaper. Okay, thanks a lot, Paul. Thanks. Whatever you just said. Do you have any idea what he said at all? No, I'm sorry. Something about Covenant House and Father John Ritter, who was a, a notorious pedophile. I just mentioned that in passing. You know, this, I, I get so outraged every time I see another one of those stories or somebody faxes us another one of those things or that biography of a Father Gagan the other night and those people are still, even at this point, still defending to this day. Oh, he never stole a freight train and, uh, yeah, oh, please. Pretty please. 
the most corrupt institution on the face of the globe, there's nothing that's even a close second, is the Catholic Church. Spreading misery and suffering and stupidity and ignorance and crap everywhere that they go. Tragic. All these, uh, all, all the countries in Latin America, for example, with all the overpopulation, making babies like they're coming out of the like rabbits. And they're pouring across the border and the public says, oh gee, we all these illegal aliens. Well, I can't imagine why. I just can't even begin to imagine why. Yeah, I think the fundamentalists were right about them. <laughs> well, maybe that's what Bush is going to tell the Pope when he goes over there. Nobody's going to give him a little talking to say, Hey, by the way, nice dress. Twelve minutes past noon at 560 WQAM. Hey, if you're still nervous about buying a mattress, I mean, it's, you know, it's a major investment over the telephone. Forget about that. Because for over 25 years, millions of smart people like even me have dialed 1-800-M-A-T-T-R-E-S for the best deal on the best brands in bedding. The easiest possible way to get you a great night's sleep for a coon's age. There's no risk because if it's not perfect in every way, just call them back for a full comfort exchange. It's completely free within 30 days. About 30, man. No extra fees, no strings attached. Dollar Mattress is ranked number one in customer satisfaction. And recently they were winners of the 2004 Better Business Bureau Local Torch of Excellence Award. When you call 1-800-MATTRESS, you get the best prices on the best brands with delivery on your schedule and the best customer service in the business. Why would you waste any of your time schlepping from showroom to showroom? Dollar Mattress has the complete line of all the top names in the universe like Sealy, Inserta, King Coil, Simmons, Tempur-Pedic, and Stearns and Bananas Foster. From Kendall to Stewart, Palm Beach to Fort Myers, even in Ogis, Dollar Mattress can deliver the best bedding anywhere. But all you do is just reach over and grab that instrument, get off your fat ass and make that one easy call, and they'll be knocking on your door whenever you like. Call 1-800-MATTRESS. 1-800-M-A-T-T-R-E-S for the best deal in the universe or log on to their website at mattress.com. We're Sports Radio 560 QAM. Friday, you bastard. History comes to life on the History Channel. The year is 1968. Young men across America are ordered to serve their country in Vietnam. Starting tonight, the History Channel takes a historical and hysterical look back as they reported to the draft board. All right, listen up. When I call your name, step forward to be sworn in. Uh, Richard Cheney. <coughs> Here. Are you ready to serve your country, son? <coughs> Sorry, pal. i got better things to do. Except this check is a token of my gratitude. Oh. Okay, who's next? Uh, Rush. This is real name. Uh, Limbaugh. <laughs> Rush is the name, but you might know me as Jeff Christie on KUDL. Koodle has oodles of hits. Here's a white boy with a questionable name, B.J. Thomas. <laughs> Are you ready to serve your country, boy? Let me tell you this, my friend. I'm one tough-talking college dropout that cherishes my God-given right to defend it with my mouth. Now, if uh, you'll excuse me... You come back here. No! No! Don't touch me! Now you don't understand. There's a boil on my ass. It's so big. I even named it Peter. And it hurts. Oh, I hate I have gay tendencies, you know. I am attracted to middle-aged white men. No! No! I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. Abu Garib. From 18, somebody says, Tan, Bo Derek, and the Dudley Moore, who's still dead. Tan, how could yeah. we have forgotten about that? Because back in the day, that was considered to be the cat's meow, yeah, if we can still say it that. No? Right. It was okay. No, I liked it then. Well, what's not to like? Dudley. Are you picking on Bo again? No, I would never. Because you'll get her worked up about Joe Costello again if you do. Oh, speaking of that, suit over Janet Jackson's wardrobe malfunction has been tossed out. Remember the guy we yeah. talked about the other day? Yeah. 
A split-second peek at Janet Jackson's breath is not worth $5,000. Judge Gerald Jensen in Salt Lake City has rejected the Utah lawyer's claim that CBS owner Viacom should pay him $5,000 for having to see Jackson's bare breast during the Super Bowl halftime show. I think he should have paid them five grand. Right, or at least two bucks. Stevenson sued in small claims court, claiming as the father of three small children, he was led to believe the halftime show would be family-oriented. He accused Viacom of false advertising. Viacom lawyer Jeff Hunt says Stevenson should have instead filed a federal lawsuit or complained to the FCC. Stevenson says the real loser is the consumer because now advertisers have to lie, a, have a license to lie and get away with it. He's decided not decided if he'll appeal the case. Oh, man. Get a life. I have no life. Get with it. His three little kids saw a naked booby for a second and a half. Man, I don't think they'll ever be able to function. Of course, when they, he turns on the nightly news every night and they see all these body parts and decapitations and every kind of crap that ever came down, that, that's okay. He ain't suing them. Because that's yeah. real life, you right. see, as opposed to like a breast. I mean, there's nothing real about that, hey, especially in her case. Violence never hurt anybody. As violence has peaked in Iraq, isn't it amazing how we just fall into this crap, just like falling <laughs> into a bucket of slop? As violence has peaked in Iraq, the Army has doubled its training requirements for marksmanship and consequently needs 300 to 500 million more bullets than it normally buys, an Army official said yesterday. They're 300 million bullets short. Damn it. In December, it signed contracts with two companies for 140 million, 140 million 5.56 millimeter bullets for the M16 and M4 personal rifles issued to everyone in the Army. The contracts are worth a combined $16.2 million to the Winchester Division of the Olin Corp. and Israeli military industries. We have one ammunition plant that's approaching its maximum capacity of 1.2 billion rounds per year, said Major Gary Tallman, an Army spokesman. That facility, the Lake City Army Ammunition Plant in Lake City, Iowa, is run by Alliant Tech Systems. The December contract only addresses ammunition for the rifles. The Army also needs 50 caliber and 7.62 millimeter bullets for the heavy machine gun and light machine gun, respectively, Talman said. A solicitation for these bullets is already out, and an award's expected to be made this summer. Well, if they're going to wait till this summer to make an award, they better start making them pretty damn fast, right? Yeah. Boy. 5670560. Oh, you know that guy that was clearing his throat and came up with it? Every time we do one of these pulls, he does the same thing. Just an idiot. Just a, uh, yeah. I have no life. A moron. Just a sad old turd. And there's nothing worse than a sad old turd. WQAM, hello. Hey, Neil, how about looking for Mr. Goodbar? Was sexy? Yeah, it was. It was, uh, I think it was either Mario or Margo Hemingway. <laughs> Can I leave now? I think it was EDM. <laughs> she was selling those murials. Oh, and I missed that. The other night, uh, biography had, I saw the last 10 minutes, Ernie Kovacs. You don't know who that is. Yeah, I heard of him. Some old fart talked about him the other day. He was great. What do you mean some old fart talked about him? You mean me, of course. No, seriously, Ernie Kovacs was great. He was one of the great pioneers, innovators of television. He was actually a funny guy, which is very unusual. And after he died in a car crash, he was driving too fast, slippery road, went into a pole, he died. Long ago, back in the 50s. Anyway, Edie Adams was his wife, and of course she was a marginal like nightclub entertainer, and she did the uh, White Owl spots. You know, why don't you come up and see me sometime? Yeah, something like that. You had to be there to enjoy it, but I missed most of it, and it just frosted my ass. So anyway, how about that Margot Hemingway? WQAM, hello. Hello. Yes, sir. WQAM? WQAM, yes, speaking. Yes, uh, I'd like to add something to the poll. Go right ahead. 
Uh, how about that movie Black Orchid? I think we got it on her, don't we? We got Wild Orchid. We got, well, well what the hell's Black Orchid? That's what he's talking about, Wild Orchid. It's got to be what he's talking about, right? Got to be. Yeah, get with it. You don't know, you better get your black and your white straight now, mister, okay? He's starting to get like, uh, what's his name there? Sammy Davis. What movie, not X-rated, is the hottest movie you've ever seen? Nine and a half weeks, 71, Body Heat 65. We got a race this time. Wild Things 34, Showgirls 32, The Blue Lagoon 26, Basic Instinct 24, The Monsters Ball 17, Two Moon Junction 14, Eyes Wide Shut 13, Unfaithful 9, The Story of has got 8, Embrace of the Vampire has got 8, The Hunger 7, uh, Summer Lovers 6, Wild Orchid 5, or Black Orchid, or Yellow Orchid, or Pink Orchid. Last Tango in Paris, five. Secretary, five. Return to the Blue Lagoon still only got four. It's had four to hold a show. It ain't going nowhere. Nobody saw that. Fatal Attraction, four. Requiem for Dreams still got three. Ass to Ass. Caligula, three. The Graduate, two. Paradise has got a pair. Uh, Striptease, two. Excalibur, two. No Mercy's got one. Personal Best has got one. Wasn't that uh, uh, Miriam Hemingway? Right, and Diane Keaton. Right, and Buster Keaton. And Buster Crabbe. And Buster, oh, I can't say that. No, just keep on going. Uh, Sliver one, Barbarella one, ten has got one, and ten has got one. The Endy and the Sirens don't have any out of the first 377 vote. That's what we got so far. WQAM, hello. Gergay! WQAM, hello. Found in Angel Heart. Angel Heart and what? Found. Found. Okay, I found it. That's one, a uh, two, a uh, three. Got him? A good story. There was no chorus of criticism. Quite to the contrary, Cosby's remarks were embraced by several of the leading black columnists in the country, Dwayne Wickham, Clarence Page, Colbert King, Leonard Pitts, Jr., and Thomas Sowell. Kwesi Mafumi, I thought Weezy was on the Jefferson. Hey, no. Weezy Mafumi, the NAAC president who was on stage with Cosby, said later that not only did he agree with Cosby, not only did he make similar points in his own speeches, but that he had just heard the same points made by philosophers in his barbershop. If you would listen to talk radio or read newspaper stories about the flap, you'd think Cosby was hiding from a raging mob, but there was no mob. There was a straw mob, a phony flap. I combed the Internet, the wires, and the transcripts for attacks on Cosby and came up empty. I did discover that the head of the NAACP Legal Defense Fund, Theodore Shaw, spoke after Cosby at the commemoration and pointed out that many problems blacks face are not self-inflicted and that most of the people on welfare aren't black. That's hardly a searing condemnation. The New York Times managed to find a scholar named Michael Eric Dyson who said Cosby's comment betrayed classicist, elitist viewpoints that are rooted in generational warfare, whatever that means. I also managed to find some rather mild rebuffs of Cosby from three black columnists in St. Louis, Milwaukee, and Pittsburgh. Eugene came to the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, wrote, Sometimes beating up on defenseless people is just being a bully. Cosby called Kane up and Kane wrote a second column, further qualifying his already qualified jibes. So yes, Cosby fielded a couple of tough, Grounders has did and did issue a press release defending himself, but overall his remarks were well received and his courage was widely praised. I'm taking your time with this to make a couple of points, writes Dick Meyer. There's too much political correctness and the perpetrators rarely admit it. And nowhere is this more destructive than in talking about the emotional subject of race, a subject too often avoided for fear of offending. That said, the power of the PC police is grossly overestimated. Conservative talkmeisters and curmudgeons make good livings exaggerating the omnipotence and silliness of the virtuocrats, as this case study shows. Worse, the mainstream media, politicians, and water-cooler philosophers have an enormously exaggerated fear of the PC police. 
In researching the Cosby flat, for example, I didn't find a column by a white writer. I'm sure there were some that I missed, but I'm also sure that plenty of white writers or editors simply avoid wading into this altogether because it's perceived as risky, too risky, too easy to be accused of prejudice or meddling. I'll get plenty of nasty mail. I'll be called a pawn of liberal bias, a capitalist tool, and a blinkered white man with no business butting, uh, butting in. So what? The exaggerated scaredy cat fear of the PC police on the left and the conservative cops on the right is one of the dynamics that helps remove race and problems of blacks in America from the front burner of public debate. Candidates don't like to talk about it. Newspapers don't like to investigate it. Columnists don't like to write about it. Network newscasts don't like to cover it. Think tanks don't like to issue reports about it. And celebrities don't like to speak out on it. So the issues become even more buried. Pimp rap goes uncriticized. Schools stay bad. I hope the phony flat gave wider coverage to Cosby's remarks than they would have had otherwise, and I hope more people with pulpits realize that the boogeyman of political correctness and racial censorship is not so scary after all, wrote Dick Meyer at CBS News on their website. Not bad, huh? You go, Dick. You go, uh, Dick, and you go, Bill. I mean, you go, and uh, you go, Bill. I can't say. Can't say that no more, okay? Or you'll be in big and deep doo-doo. Oh, can't go. Right. 21 till 1 at 560 QAM. Live, live and local. We are Sports Radio 560 QAM. Absolutely. Rectum. Got an inside Wall Street tip. And now she's gonna pay for it. Jerry says she lied. They found her guilty, facing lots of time. I must say it thrills me to see her taken out and cut. <laughs> Twenty years won't be enough. Dress her up in stripes, send her to Sing Sing, put her in for life. That would be a good thing, oh Martha. Well, they got you for insider trading. Yes. And they'll send you away, oh Martha Well, we're laughing so hard that we're shaking What's your stock worth today, oh Martha? Well, you had everything, but you spoiled it Yeah, they'll send you away, oh Martha You'll be sharing the stainless steel toilet Now, the reason I played that, which uh, I do like it a lot, though, is uh, the new Inquirer, June 7th issue, which you'll get in a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. Martha was framed as the cover story. Why the government's out to get her. And I'll, also, I just noticed uh, on the front cover a lot of things that you ordinarily don't even look at. America's deadliest Internet killer he found victims online. And the, the guy has got a picture of this guy. Yeah. He looks exactly like Tom Jicka. He's bloody stupid! Yeah. Tom must have an identical twin who's America's deadliest Internet killer. Do you know that? I had no idea. You didn't know. Uh, and then it's got stars with the best and worst beach bodies, the good, the bad, and the really ugly. If you could see Toby Maguire's Spider-Man. No, thank you. He's, huh? I said, no, thank you. Here's Uma Thurman. She's looking pretty good. Yeah. But here is, uh, in fact, let me uh, find that section. My God. I, but don't let me forget the uh, Martha stuff. Okay. I'm not going to read the whole article. It's, it's long. There's nothing else in this anyway. Nothing else to read. Bad inquirer. Save your money. Where the hell is the uh, beach people? Oh, man. Oh, here you go. Oh! Rick Ocasek. Rick Formerly o- the, Ocasek. Huh? Yeah. Rick o- Ocasey? Yes, he's okay. 
Okay. Rick Ocasek, is that really his name? I never heard of him. I know who sure. he is. I mean, I see him and I recognize him, but I didn't know his last name. Anyway, he's formerly the uh, rock group The Cars. Mm-hmm. Rick uh, Ocasek. Ocasek. He's a... Uh, okay. Sick. Man, oh, man. He looks like he's spent uh, at least three uh, months in Dachau. He, yeah. he is in oh, bad yeah. shape. Always has been. Here's Justin Tinkerbell. Oh, jeez. Man, what a... Cameron Diaz. Looking terrible. Okay. I'm just telling you. Oh, well, yeah, whatever. It says, and you, and you thought she looked bad in Shrek. Well, I mean, she doesn't look too good there to me. And Chelsea Clinton. Oh, brother. Bruce Willis, which, quite frankly, if you chopped his head off, he wouldn't look all that bad. Toby McGuire, who's like, uh, what else was he in? Spider-Man, wasn't he in that, um, the uh, Seabiscuit, right? Right. He played the jockey. Oh, he's got an overhang. It's just that you wouldn't believe it. Holy Christ. Paris Hilton, and it got an ass-end look at her. Yeah, bony. It says, we're all focusing on her butt, and so is gravity. <laughs> yeah, her ass is down where her knees are supposed to be. That's amazing. Charlize Theron, impeccable, looking just fine. You go, girl. Yeah, she's looking good. Uh, I thought there was, oh, yeah, here, oh, oh, jeez. Sarah Ferguson, man, she better get back to the old oh, Weight Watchers. Please. She's got cottage cheese thighs, the likes of which even the people at Borden's never saw. That's not and even fair. Why? She's British and 80. Oh, I see. Well, what's Danny DeVito's excuse? He's American in 90. <laughs> right. Talk about a beach ball. He'd have been good in the, uh, the prisoner. He could have played that, what, the rover. Wow. Here's Johnny Depp, who isn't really looking all that good in this picture, I hate to say. He's, uh, compared to these people, looks great. Star Jones, who's got an ass like a freight train. Wow. wow. The rest of her, too. It says it's official. Her fiancé is not gay. He's blind. <laughs> <laughs> oh. It's, uh, here's another one. They have these uh, judges that they invited to make comments. It says, what can I say? I expected Al Roker to be thinner. Isn't that Al? <laughs> oh, Here's Beyonce man. Knowles. N uh, nothing wrong to say about that. Here's Jack Nicholson, who's got breasts bigger than uh, Beyonce by a long shot. Oh, brother. Uma Thurman. Didn't we already have Uma Thurman? Yes, I had her. Oh. I wish. Looking good. Uh, Heather uh, Graham looking uh, just fine. Good. Jack Osborne, covering up his boobies, and, uh, man, oh, man, what a perfect. Ted Kennedy, who's got, uh, he's just all booby. Wow. He is just a mess. He's also like 80, right? It says, if only they made Slim Fast with vodka. <laughs> Too much chowder. Oh. Wow. Anyway, so there's uh, that's worth going out and buying it for. Now, getting back to a poor Martha. Martha Stewart was framed by the government, which is out to get her at any cost, sources say. This is in the Enquirer, so it might be right. A key prosecution witness has been arrested for lying under oath, and the top, top attorneys tell the Enquirer, this shocking development gives the domestic diva powerful new ammunition to overturn her conviction. The government wants Martha behind bars so they can make an example of a rich, powerful woman, sources told the Enquirer, but this fight's about to get even rougher. Martha's told French she's considering a $1 billion lawsuit against the government for practically destroying the empire she took decades to build, the inquires learned exclusively, and our behind-the-scenes investigation found that the prospect of a new trial has brought the 62-year-old domestic diva back from the darkest, fattest corners of despair and renewed her fighting spirit. 
I told you I was framed, Martha told a friend, upon discovering false statements allegedly been made on the witness stand by Larry F. Stewart, a Secret Service Forensics Lab director, and the friend told the inquirer the government was out to get Martha because she's one of the America's richest, most powerful women. They wanted to make an example of her, and that's exactly what they did. Like Eric Idle says, nobody likes a rich bitch. And so they are to nail her ass. Meanwhile, O.J.'s walking around on a loose. Kenny Lay, he's walking around on a loose. All these other corporate crooks, they're walking around on a loose. And poor Martha, they want to put her in there to kick, uh, to cook and kick for the inmates. I like that. Those bastards. Damn it. Anyway, here's how the poll is coming. Which movie not X-rated is the hottest you've ever seen? And so far we have a, a modest total of 440 votes. But then again, who the hell uh, cares? So far, you got nine and a half weeks, 82. Pulling away, Body Heat 70, Wild Things 42, Showgirls 37, The Blue Lagoon 29, Basic Instinct 26, Monsters Ball 21, Eyes Wide Shut 17, Two Moon Junction 14, Unfaithful 13, The Story of Oh 10, Embrace of the Vampire 8, Hunger 7, Summer Lover 7, Wild Orchid 7, and it's uh, Small Potatoes after that. <coughs> Fatal Attraction 6, Caligula 5, Last Tango in Paris 5, Secretary 5, and uh, down from there. Return to the Blue Lagoon still got four. It's had four since we sat down here, you know Right. Not doing real well. Five six seven oh five sixty pound five sixty on the AT and T and Verizon Wireless line. WQAM. Hello. Yes, I was just calling to comment on uh, the thing that uh, Neil was talking about a second ago. Rick Ocasek. Right. Uh, if, you, if you can mention it, that that uh, Rick Ocasek is married to the model uh, Paulina Periskova. Oh my God. Wow. Is she also blind? I think so. Evidently. Okay, thanks for the bad news. Thanks. Oh, brother, Rick Ocasek, he must have the big bucks, huh? Or maybe he's just got a lot of nice Something. cars. Well, he's got big feet. Five six seven oh five sixty pound five sixty. Just uh, keep walking away from that line. I'm telling you right now, just dance just away from it. Do a little. That's right. Walk away real fast, as fast as you can. That's my best advice. WQAM. Hello. Hi, Neil. Yes, ma'am. Uh, yes, you read a, a story about the military is running out of ammunition. Correct. And I was just wondering, why doesn't the government issue some of those magic bullets like the one that Oswald used to kill Kennedy? Right. That's right. Then we can get two or three of the price of one. That's a good, excellent point. Save all that money. Right. Thank you. Excellent. Thank you. You're hired. She's replacing Condoleezza, National Security Advisorist, next week. Some of the magic bullets. We're going to call Arlen Specter right now in Pennsylvania and see if he can't uh, start working on it. And the bullets, too. You're right. It's just like magic. You know, it, it went off in this direction, and then mm -hmm. it went up in midair, right. and then went down through John Conley's uh, arm and his hand right. and his wrist, and, bada -beep, bada -boop, and then off against the sidewalk and up in the air and all these other things. Did all kinds of magic tricks. And then landed right on that stretcher in almost pristine condition. Yeah, just out of nowhere, there was a bullet on the stretcher that didn't have a dang thing on it either. <laughs> it was a clean machine. Five six seven oh five sixty pound five sixty on the AT and T and Verizon wireless line. WQAM, hello. Hello, Neil. Yes, sir. How's it going? Great. I got something for the pool. Yes. Uh, scorned. Scorned. It's about uh, a kid. He's in high school. His dad gets him a hot tutor. And, well, you know, she takes care of him, and then she takes care of dad, and there's a huge fight between uh, dad and son for her. Sounds like, sounds like our kind of movie, man. We'll rush right out and get it. Thanks a lot, Pally. 
right, Neil. Take care. Have a good See weekend. You. Oh, speaking of that kind of a movie, you too. Speaking of that, what about my tutor? Yeah. Now, who was she that uh, played in that movie? Oh, I forget her name. Oh, time. Karen, we know Matt LaPanzi played in it. Karen something or other. I'll, I'll find it. No, I'll get it. I got it right here. In my big 4,000-pound book. I might as well make use of this dang thing. It cost me about $4 million to buy this. Let's see. Murphy's Law, Murphy's Romance, My Family, My Favorite Blonde, My Life with uh, Bushbag, My Tutor. Karen Kane. Oh. Matt Latanzi, Kevin McCarthy, who played his daddy. Clark Brandon, I forgot about him. I used to like Clark Brandon a lot. Bruce Bauer, for obvious reasons. Bruce Bauer, Arlene Galanica, and Crispin Glover. You know who I thought were really funny in that movie? The uh, the house, the uh, gardener, and the, the maid? Right, yeah. Who kept pretending they had no spaghetti laced. <laughs> that was sensational. That was uh, It was a good movie. Nothing wrong with it at all. For an I thought it was very hot. I thought she was just fine. What was her name again? Karen. Uh, Karen Kay. And, uh, Kay. Her amazing talents, both of them. Right. And uh, the lovely Matt LaPanzi, who certainly was a lot prettier than she was, I thought, but nevertheless. He was married to Olivia's Newton Johns once upon a time. Was he really? And then all of a sudden he got hit by that ugly stick, and wow, wow, wow. And of course she got hit by that bulldog stick. 5670560. Look at that. Michael Jackson trial date set for, oh, what did that say? What, uh, what did it say? I didn't see it. Oh, what did it say? March 13th? I missed it. Sorry. It was on. They put it on there so dang fast. Just in. Uh, be a vice presidential candidate with John Kerry. Form kind of a bipartisan uh, juggernaut. Any truth to that at all? Uh, I spent several years in a North Vietnamese prison camp in the dark, fed with scraps. Mm -hmm. You think I want to do that all over again as vice president <laughs> of the United States? <laughs> ah, there's uh, McCain yucking it up with uh, Conan. Uh, who wrote that line? Yeah, that's uh, moderately amusing. Now, they're keeping this crap on there forever. We had the day of the mile. Well, we'll get it for you, because I know everybody is sitting on the edge of their pantaloons right now waiting. WQAM, hello. 560. What is it? 560, WQAM, you got it. Hello? Yes, sir. Uncle Neil, I got a uh, speech on spy report for you. Okay. Um, the stretch of 836 between the Palmetto and the Turnpike, there's like 12 state troopers. Pigs, yeah, exactly, pigs. They're, uh, they're pulling people over, Matt, so I just wanted to alert all our listeners. Thanks for the bad news, Pally. Hey, well, Shim's request, please. Yes. A little uh, Eisner action. Okay, you got it. Have a great weekend. Bye. See you, too. They're out there everywhere, man. They're out there. I'm telling you, slow down or else you're going to be just like Josh. Your ass is going to be in court. They're going to say court cost and about 150 bucks and your firstborn child and all of these, all of that crap. Right? Right. Is that because one of your that, club shirts? Now, now, what was this deal? What were you doing? Like about 75 in a school zone, something like that? Yeah. Oh, that's not too bad. Probably the one right up the street there. <laughs> they wrote him a book of tickets. I see. Yeah, they hooked me with the whole seat belt. And, well, uh, well, didn't you do the uh, ticket defense team thing? I did. And? Court costs. Court costs. That's it. Like I said, you're the best, Randy Maltosh. Ticket defense team, baby. Bye. And look all, this is Sports Radio 560, QAQAM. Boy, it's the one to two hour. Darn it, I told you, don't bother me while I'm in here. Hi, sir. Uh, hello? It's Mickey Mouse. Oh, Mr. Mouse, good morning. How are you? What the hell are you doing to me? Uh, uh. N nothing, sir. You're freaking killing me. N no, I'm not. I got David Kelly calling me every three minutes. Why did we move the practice? 
sir, you, you told me to move the practice. I didn't tell you what You must have misunderstood me. N no, sir, you said move the practice to Monday. Hey, hey, listen, Bupwipe. I'm the boss. I make the decisions. You take the heat. Right. You move the practice. Okay, okay I... How are we doing with it anyway? Oh, you man. Hold on. Remus. <laughs> yeah, boss. Shut the hell up. <laughs> I'm on the phone, Remus. Hi, sir. Yes, yeah, sir. What was your question? I'm telling you, I'm going crazy over here. Between David Kelly and now Michael Jackson calling me every three minutes, I'm going to go out of my freaking mind. Hold on. Reavis! Get in, you boss. Stop it, Reavis! I'm throwing the floor, boss. Stop throwing the floor, Reavis! Reavis! <laughs> What's this in my hand, Reavis? That's your penis, boss. My other hand, Reavis! Oh, that's the phone, boss. Right. I can't hear anything, Remus. Stop sawing the floor. Sorry. Hi, sir. Sir, sir, the moves are working out very well. The practice is fourth in its time slot well, and moving Fourth in its time slot? Christ, are we even beating the WB? Barely. Oh, my God. And the Michael Jackson thing was a rating success. Of course. Hold on a second. Remus. <laughs> what the hell are you doing with a harmonica, Remus? Well, don't play it, Remus. I'll jam that thing down your throat. And get that bluebird away from me. Oh, come on, bluebird. <laughs> I'm allergic. Eisner. Sir, over 25 million people saw Shut the... up, Eisner. Listen. Uh, yeah. You see me, what I'm doing here? Uh, uh, sir, you're on the phone. I know I'm on the phone. Do you see what I'm doing? Use your imagination for crying out loud. I'm moving my hands up and down, side to side. I'm the puppet master. I say it, you do it. Now Fox is going to air all the stuff that you cut out of the Michael Jackson interview. Uh, but, 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 sir, you told me to edit out all that stuff to make him look like a freak. Puppet master, me. Idiot. Oh. At 560, it's our mammoth, ah, gigantic one and two hour. Don't forget, George will be working on Monday, even on a holiday. Hardest working show on radio. Even harder than Tom Joyner. The Ain't we? Jock. Well, not, oh, he's terrible. Remember yeah. the day that he came in? You probably don't remember it. IOD? No, I do. And I was in a production studio, and they, mm -hmm. he came in with his entourage there. And I was just, oh, yeah. just wrapping up whatever I was recording in there. And the man, they acted like, uh, what are you doing in here, white boy? Just get out of here real fast. That kind of crap. I just, I flew out of there. Yeah. I thought he was a fly job. Yeah, I, I did fly. Anyway, in fact, there are a lot of us in the business who can fly. The federal official speaking of that, what another great segue. You won't wow. believe this story. The headline, terror threat boost U.S. airport security. Man, we must, I must have a horseshoe slipped into me somewhere. I know Duff said he's got, he's got one himself. Rectum. Attention, man. The federal official in charge of the nation's airport said today security has been stepped up a notch. In the face of renewed terror warnings this holiday weekend, and said authorities are asking the public to be vigilant. 
If they see anything unusual, report it. An unattended package, something that just doesn't look right, even odd behavior in the terminal around the aircraft, FAA Administrator Marion Blakey said on the Today Show this morning on NBNC. She said photographs of seven suspected terrorists released Wednesday by the FBI are everywhere, even though two of them are dead and some of them may be in prison. And that, or no, it's the other way around. And that screeners have been re, uh, redeployed to some of the busiest airports in anticipation of heavy Memorial Day holiday travel. Let me just say one good thing about Miami International Airport, okay? Yeah. They're doing a good job. They really are. Oh, okay. Wow. I, well, I see, you didn't think I was going to ever say no, something like that. that. I mean, no, they, they've been rated as being one of the very best over these past uh, couple of years since all the horrendous crap has been going on. And they really are. They're doing a damn good job. They're very thorough. They're more thorough than, you know, I go. I was in the airport in Copenhagen, in uh, Amsterdam, which they're very lax, in, uh, where else was it, in Rome. Although they do stand around in a very menacing way still with their Uzis on their shoulders in Rome. I, that's always been like that. Just a whole bunch of them. And uh, Toronto here, which comes see, comes But, boy, in Miami, they are really very thorough. And you, they make the thing with the shoes off and the whole deal, you know? Mm-hmm. I, I'm serious. They, they really are doing a good job. See, far be it for me to always be Mr. Negative. I know you like that a lot better, especially those people who don't speak English at the airport. But, anyway, with 200 million people expected to fly over the summer months, 200 million. Uh, they said a number of things that travelers can do to make their trips easier and quicker. One of the first, first things I do is go to my PDA or telephone because now we have a brand new service, www.faa.gov slash wireless. Oh, everybody will remember that. And you can go on there and actually pick up what the story is at your airport before you go, she said on NBC. Are you running into any ground delays? Is there weather to be aware of? In fact, you can go on your specific airline and see what the story is on the flight. What's the story? It lets you schedule. You're more in control, and it really does give you a way of understanding the situation rather than just getting there and saying, what's going on? Isn't that what you always say when you go to the airport? That's what I always say. I walk in yeah. and, what's going on? And they all look at me like, oh, he must be one of the terrorists. The same information is available on a regular FAA Internet site for people not using a wireless device, such as a personal digital assistant or cell phone, etc. PDA, yada, yada, all of these things. I don't know if I'm going to take any calls this hour because i got a lot of important stuff. I, I realize that there are a few people that care. Not too many. About 30, man. I just, I got, let's see, one, I got some stuff here I want to read, okay? And I don't really care if anybody likes, I'm going to do it for myself. All right. No, you know Eric Alterman, who wrote uh, What Liberal Media? Huh? Not personally, no. Oh, well, anyway, Eric sends his best. Uh, Hawks Eating Crow. I think all of these are on a website, so if you don't, uh, you know, if you don't, if you want to go somewhere else, be my guest, but I'm going to read them anyway. Hawks Eating Crow. I like that one. The Bush administration has not made it easy on its supporters. David Brooks now admits that he was gripped with a childish fantasy about Iraq. Tucker Carlson is ashamed and enraged at himself. Tom Friedman admitting to being a little slow is finally off the reservation. Diehard Republican publicist Bill Kristol admits of Bush he did drive us into a ditch. The neocon fantasist and sometimes Republican speechwriter Mark Halpern complains on a Wall Street Journal editorial page, the movement's Pravda, of the inescapable fact that the war has been run incompetently with an apparently deliberate contempt for history, strategy, and thought, and with too little regard for the American soldier whose mounting casualties seem to have no effect on the boastfulness of the civilian leadership. Most of the regretful hawks blame the administration for its failure to execute what they consider a noble endeavor. But it is a noble endeavor only in the way that it would be noble to give all your money to one of those deposed Ethiopian princesses who fill your inbox with pleas to send them all your money for a guarantee of future riches. 
In other words, yes, while it might have been nice to liberate Iraq from Saddam's clutches, it was a lot more likely that under Bush, Cheney, Rumsfeld and company, we would end up arresting innocent people, holding them without trial, and systematically torturing and sexually humiliating them, all the while saying, as the Daily Show uh, shows Rob Cordry put it so brilliantly, remember, it's not important that we did torture those people. What's important is that we're not the kind of people who would torture those people. <laughs> yeah. Say it again. As the Daily Show's Rob Cordry so brilliantly put it, remember, it's not important that we did torture these people. What's important is that we are not the kind of people who would torture these people. Abu Ghraib. <laughs> right. Take a look at the sequence of events leading to the revelations about the Abu Ghraib scandal in The New Yorker. It began, as Seymour Hersh notes, with Rumsfeld's desire to extract information from informants about the location of certain high-value targets in Afghanistan, along with his unwillingness to apply the terms of the Geneva Conventions to prisoners captured in the war on terrorism. Next came the bait-and-switch application in Iraq of tactics drawn from the war on terrorism, upon which Bush and his administration had based their entire case for offensive war. Add to this the refusal to provide the military with sufficient manpower resources to carry out the necessary task of the occupation and throw in a willingness to use what one former official quoted by Hirsch terms, recycled hillbillies, untrained, inexperienced, and overworked in a military prison located inside a hostile fire zone with rogue interrogators and virtually no nighttime supervision. Abu Ghraib. Right. All of this made something like what eventually took place at the Abu Ghraib. All but inevitable, just as the administration's aversion to accountability dictated the attempted cover-up that followed. The abuse was called to the attention of the occupation authorities as early as May 2003, and in November, a scathing report of the International Committee of the Red Cross was reviewed by senior U.S. military officials in Iraq a full two months before the Army launched its investigation. Amnesty International had complained last summer of Iraqi detainees being subjected to crude, inhuman, or degrading treatment. Aides to Colin Powell and Paul Bremer insist that they, too, raised concerns within administration circles, but were ignored as well. Nothing was done to put an end to the officially sanctioned sadism, which also turned out to be a propaganda gift to anti-American terrorists the world over, until mid-January of this year, when the whistleblower specialist Joseph Darby turned over photos to the Army's Criminal Investigation Division. The existence of an internal Army report on the Abu Ghraib abuses, according to Time, was flatly denied to Intelligence Committee Democrats when they asked the Pentagon about it in January. In February, when Major General Antonio Taguba's report confirmed the earlier charges and provided the photographic evidence, the story was still kept secret from Congress and the American people. Finally, it was apparently leaked by one of the defendant's lawyers to Hirsch in 60 Minutes too. but even then, Secretary Rumsfeld and Joint Chiefs Chairman Richard Myers professed to be almost perfectly clueless. Briefing the Senate Intelligence Committee hours before the photos were to, be, uh, to, were to be broadcast on CBS, already delayed two weeks at Meyer's request, Rumsfeld mentioned nothing about the approaching firestorm. Neither got around to reading the report until days later. What was Bush's public response to the man responsible for what Senator Ted Kennedy aptly terms America's steepest and deepest fall from grace in the history of our country? It was to congratulate him for doing a superb job. In Congress, the word came from Dick Cheney's office to get off Rumsfeld's case. These are the men, not just the neocons, but self-described progressives and human rights advocates believe capable of carrying out the delicate and difficult mission of bringing democracy and modernism to the Arab world while safeguarding the security and good name of the United States. Excuse me, but just what was so hard to understand about this bunch? We knew they were dishonest. We knew they were fanatical. We knew they were purposely ignorant and bragged about not reading newspapers. We knew they were vindictive. We knew they were lawless. We knew they were obsessively secretive. We knew they had no time or patience for those who raised difficult questions. We knew they were driven by fantasies of religious warfare, personal vengeance, and ideological triumph. We knew they had no respect for civil liberties, and we knew they took no responsibility for the consequences of their incompetence. Just what is surprising about the manner in which they've conducted the war? 
and how pathetic it is that the only cable network really grappling with the media's failure is Comedy Central. Let's give the last word to the Daily Show's incomparable Stephen Colbert. The journalists I know love America, but now all, all anybody wants to talk about is the bad journalist, the journalist that hurt America, who didn't uncover the flaws in our pre-war intelligence, who gave a free pass on the Sodom-Al-Qaeda connection, who dropped Afghanistan from the headlines at the first whiff of this Iraqi snipe hunt, the United States press corps, that's who. Pretty good stuff by Eric Alderman. I like it. Hawks eating crow, it's on our website today. 113 at QAM. Voom is not just your ordinary regular TV that everybody and their brothers got, even in the 10th world countries. Voom is high definition TV delivered by a satellite dish and HD receiver. The picture is so clear you can reach right in there and grab Duff's rectum if you like when his TV show comes on. Voom is the only entertainment system designed for high definition TV. It's got the most HD TV anywhere and provides you with all the equipment you need to enjoy the ultimate HD TV experience, including satellite dish, remote HD receiver too. And Voom's got over 30 channels about, about, about 30, man. of HD programming. You can watch ESPN in high definition. That's three times more than you get from cable. And they've got all your other favorite channels, too, like HB oh. and MTV, even those local channels, too. Voom has got a total of over 120 channels of great entertainment. Voom even has exclusive channels of HD movies, music, and sports that you cannot get, period, from your cable or satellite company. So with Voom, you get all the channels you get now, plus all these new, awesome, high-definition channels, too. Call Voom today for that limited-time offer, but you better do it right now because the offer ends Monday, May 31. This coming Monday. Call toll-free 1-866-848-8666 or get more info on their website, Voom.com. The offer includes free installation, no upfront cost, no long-term commitment. Call them today because time's running out. Call 1-866-848-8666 or online. It's Voom.com. My and local. This is Sports Radio 560. QAQAM. The good name of the United States of America through the mud of Saddam Hussein's torture prison. I've been everywhere, man. I've been everywhere, man. Travel, I've had my share, man. I've been everywhere. I've been to Reno, Chicago, Fargo, Minnesota, Buffalo, Toronto, Winslow, Sarasota, Wichita, Delta, Ottawa, Oklahoma, Tampa, Panama, Madawa, Lava. We're going to South Carolina and Oklahoma and Arizona and North Dakota and New Mexico and Texas and New York. I've been everywhere, man. I've been everywhere, man. We're going to California and New York. We're going to South Dakota and Oregon. Travel, I've had my share, man. I've been everywhere. And North Dakota and New Mexico. I've been to Boston, Charleston, Dayton, Louisiana. And Oregon. We're going to California and Texas. Santa Fe, California, Glen Rock, Black Rock, Little Rock, Austin. We're going to South Dakota and Michigan. And Lake Devils, Lake Crater, Lake Deep Lake. I've been everywhere, man. I've been everywhere, man. Travel, I've had my share, man. I've been everywhere. And then we're going to Washington, D.C. to take back the White House. So you saw that gruesome story out of Baltimore about those three kids that got yeah, uh, beheaded, one uh, decapitated, the whole deal? Now comes to find out that they got, uh, let's see, two suspects are uh, mm. in custody, and they're uh, family members, the uncles, relatives. Uncles, likely. Yeah, they wanted to make them say uncle. Mm. So they just chopped off their head. Maybe that. Maybe they were like uh, the Nicholas Berg thing, kind of like inspired right. them. Al-Qaeda wannabes. Right. Maybe they're just uh, crazy people, and that kind of like set them off. At any rate, Bob Herbert writes in the New York Times today, and I apologize for reading so much, don't I? No. No, I don't, because I like these stories. The last one by Eric Alderman just made it made a twitch in my Rectum. ass, you know what? It was so exciting. 
And speaking of Al Gore, a speech that's no joke, writes Bob Herbert. It's always been easy to make fun of Al Gore. Absolutely. But if there's any truth to the thunderous criticism he's turned loose on the Bush administration this week, it's time to dispense with the jokes and listen seriously to what the man is saying. How dare they drag the good name of the United States of America through the mud of Saddam Hussein's torture prison. Gore called the president incompetent and said the war in Iraq has made America less safe. Donald Rumsfeld ought to resign immediately as the chief architect of this plan. Paul Wolfowitz, Douglas Steve, oh. the intelligence chief Stephen Cambone, oh. all ought to resign immediately. Our nation is at risk every single day. Rumsfeld remains as Secretary of Defense. If Mr. Gore is right, the nation is faced with a crisis of leadership that is perilously, perilously close to an emergency. If he's wrong, then all the folks who've made the easy jokes at his expense can consider themselves vindicated. The war in Iraq, said Mr. Gore in an interview on Wednesday, is the worst strategic fiasco in the history of the U.S. It's an unfolding catastrophe without any comparison. In an echo of the growing chorus of criticism here and around the world, he said the war has not only damaged our strategic interest and isolated the U.S. from its allies, it's also made the country more, not less vulnerable to terror. In a widely covered speech earlier in the day, Mr. Gore said that Iraq had not become, as President Bush had asserted, the central front in the war on terror, but he said it has become, unfortunately, the central recruiting office for terrorists. The speech was extraordinary, blunt, colorful, and delivered with the kind of passion you seldom see in politics anymore. The former vice president described Mr. Bush as incompetent, untrustworthy, and said his policies had endangered the nation. The president said Mr. Gore had planted the seeds of war and harvested a whirlwind. In the view of Mr. Gore and many others, the essential problem has been the triumph in the Bush crowd of ideology over reality. The true believers knew everything better than everybody else, and the arrogance born of that certainty led step by tragic step to the war with no exit doors that were locked in today. That arrogance gave rise to the Bush doctrine of preemptive war, the contempt for international agreements like the Geneva Conventions, the dismissal of concerns by some of the highest-ranking military professionals about the way a war in Iraq should be fought, and the willingness of top administration figures to blow smoke in the eyes of ordinary Americans who were traumatized by 9-11 and worried about the possibility of further terrorist attacks. The same preference for ideology over reality has turned trillion-dollar surpluses into multi-trillion-dollar deficits, said Mr. Gore, and that same approach has lied to the locking up has led, rather, to the locking up of American citizens without recourse to lawyers or access to courts or even a right of their families to know that they're being held in secret. These and other matters are transforming the U.S. into a country that is more warlike, more brutal, less free, less just, less admirable, and much less appealing than the nation that existed when Mr. Bush stepped into the presidency in January 2001. Those who disagree with Mr. Gore should challenge him on his facts. Those who, who agree must look for ways to defend the honor of perhaps the very identity of the United States as we've known it. The least serious part of Mr. Gore's speech was the part that got the most attention, his call for top officials of the Bush administration to resign. As an attention-getter, it worked. But this was a speech in which the former vice president said, What makes the United States special in the history of nations is our commitment to the rule of law and our carefully constructed system of checks and balances. Our natural distrust of concentrated power and our devotion to openness and democracy are what have led us, uh, led us as a people to consistently choose good over evil in our collective aspirations more than the people of any other nation. This is a time to remember the principles that made this a great nation and to reaffirm them. I don't know what will happen in election time in November. What I do know is that the nation is facing a crisis now. The Bush administration needs to step back from the abyss its ideology has dragged us into. It may be that the president never understood what the U.S. What made the U.S. great. In that case, he'd be among those who could benefit most from a reading of Mr. Gore's speech. 
If he followed that up with a look at the Bill of Rights, it would only take a few minutes. He'd have a better understanding of what this country at its best is all about. Bob Herbert, today's New York Times. Pretty good, Bob. Boy, you go. You go and do it. How's that poll coming? I mean, people still want to know about that poll, don't they? Oh, that poll. <laughs> yeah, that girl. And don't forget, by the way, Nell uh, McAndrew. Double the trouble, okay? Double your pleasure and double your fun. One on the top and one near the bun. What? That's what Scruan says. Yeah. She said one over the sink and one at the uh, hockey rink. She had to rename her new book now that all the new uh, dictums have come down. What movie, not X-rated, is the hottest you've ever seen? That's our poll question today on NeilRogers.com on our World Flaming website. 513 votes. They're uh, busy with it. Nine and a half weeks, 74. Uh, 94. Pulling away. Body Heat, 76. Wild Things, 50. Who doesn't like Wild Things? 51. Just see as I said it. Yeah. Showgirls, 44. The Blue Lagoon, 29. Monsters Ball, 29. Basic Instinct, 28. Eyes Wide Shut, 18. Unfaithful, 16. Two Moon Junction, 15. Caligula, 11. Story of, uh... Oh! 11. Last Tango in Paris, 9. Summer Lovers, 9. The Hunger, 8. Uh, Embrace of the Vampires got eight. Wild Orchids got eight. Fatal Attraction six. And after that, it's very. And look at that. Return of the Blue Lagoon still got only four. I guess that's the four of us who've seen it, right? Must be. You I've and me it. and two other people. I've seen it eight times though. No, you haven't. Return of the Blue Lagoon. You maybe, have? Maybe twelve times. Come on. Maybe thirty times. <laughs> About thirty, man. I'll be danged. Anyway, 25 after one. We got the Mad Dog at two. Don't forget he's broadcasting from Hooters in, uh, at Pines University two to four this afternoon. Stop by for an autograph signing with Marlins pitcher Brad Penny. Enjoy specials on Heineken Winston prizes. That's Mad Dog and Brad Penny at the Hooters in Pembroke Pines. And little Georgie who needs the cash. That's why he shows up at all these deals on the weekend, even though it takes up his valuable time that he could be spending with his life, uh, life and wife and family. In fact, like I said, it's a real good excuse to get out of the house. Join George tomorrow, noon to 2, at Intel Wireless, located at 15985 Northwest 57th Avenue in Miami. Stop by to spin the wheel for prizes. Tomorrow, Intel Wireless, an authorized Verizon wireless agent at 12 noon till 2. Live and local, this, this is 560. The is all yours now. Stuck me with kisses me like you used to do, but he's not you. Ah, oh, that 
so sweet. You make me almost want to come back with you. Guilty. Yesterday my life was filled with joy. Guilty. Now I'm stuck with a guava loving goy. You're my best sidekick and foil. I miss how you talk like a goyle. Guilty, a sport old Jew. I miss you. You know, with all this beer talk, the commercials and the thing with the Heinekens at uh, Hooters today, I was right. wondering, you know, about Muff. He likes a brewery now, and you think he likes it better in a bottle or in... Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. Would you like to feel relaxed once again? <laughs> 27 till 2 at 560 WQM. Jim Mandich at Hooters in the Pines. And uh, they'll have specials on Heineken. And Brad Penny will be there, too. Two to four this afternoon. How's that poll coming? I'm glad you asked to change the topic real fast, please. 98 for nine and a half weeks. 76 for Body Heat. Wild Things, 53. Showgirls, 45. And Basic Instincts, got About 30, man. Everybody else is uh, way in the behind. Okay, to tell the truth, Paul Krugman writes today in the New York Times. A lot of good stuff in the Times today now that they admitted they got the who, they got uh, bushwhacked on Iraq. And they got led down the garden path. I, uh, that just bothers me a lot, you know? Bugs me. Their columnists, many of them, are really great. But the uh, editorial board at the New York Times, I think, needs uh, some, some new uh, pills. Come on, Wilma, you can help them out. Paul Krugman writes, Some news organizations, including the New York Times, are currently engaged in self-criticism over the run-up to the Iraq War. They're asking, as they should, why poorly documented claims of a dire threat received prominent uncritical coverage, while contrary evidence was either ignored or played down. But it's not just Iraq, it's not just the Times. Many journalists seem to be having regrets about the broader context in which Iraq coverage was embedded, a climate in which the press wasn't willing to report negative information about George Bush. People who get their news by skimming the front page or by watching TV must be feeling confused by the sudden change in Mr. Bush's character. For more than two years after 9-11, he was a straight shooter, all moral clarity and righteousness. But now those people hear about a president who won't tell a straight story about why he took us to war in Iraq or how that war is going, who can't admit to and learn from mistakes, and who won't hold himself or anyone else accountable. What happened? The answer, of course, is that the straight shooter never existed. He was a fictitious character that the press, for various reasons, presented as reality. The truth is that the character flaws that currently have even conservative pundits fuming have been visible all along. Mr. Bush's problems with the truth have long been apparent to anyone willing to check his budget arithmetic. His inability to admit mistakes has also been obvious for a long time. I first wrote about Mr. Bush's infallibility complex more than two years ago, and I wasn't being original. So why did the press credit Mr. Bush with virtues that reporters knew he didn't possess? One answer is misplaced patriotism. After 9-11, much of the press seemed to re reach a collective decision that it was necessary in the interest of national unity to suppress criticism of the commander-in-chief. Another answer is the tyranny of even-handedness. Moderate and liberal journalists, both reporters and commentators, often bend over backward to say nice things about conservatives. Not long ago, many commentators who are now caustic Bush critics 
seemed desperate to differentiate themselves from irrational Bush haters who were neither haters nor irrational and whose critiques looked pretty mild in the light of recent revelations. And some journalists just couldn't bring themselves to believe that the President of the United States was being dishonest about such grave matters. Finally, let's not overlook the role of intimidation. After 9-11, if you were thinking of saying anything negative about the President, you had to be prepared for an avalanche of hate mail. You had to expect right-wing pundits and publications to do all they could to ruin your reputation, and you had to worry about being denied access to the sort of insider information that's the basis of many journalistic careers. The Bush administration, knowing all of this, played the press like a fiddle. But has that era come to an end? A new Pew survey finds 55% of journalists in the national media believe that the press has not been critical enough of Mr. Bush, compared with only 8% who believe that it's been too critical. More important journalists seem to be acting on that belief. Amazing things have been happening lately. The usual suspects have tried to silence reporting about prison abuses by accusing critics of undermining the troops, but the reports keep coming. The Attorney General has called yet another terror alert, but the press raised questions about why. At a White House morning briefing, Terry Moran of ABC News actually said what many thought during other conveniently timed alerts, there's a disturbing possibility that you're either manipulating the American public in order to get a message out. It may not last in July 2002, according to Dana Milbank of the Washington Post, who has tried at great risk to his career to offer a realistic picture of the Bush presidency. The White House press corps showed its teeth for the first time since 9-11. It didn't last. The administration beat the drums of war, and most of the press relapsed into docility. But this time may be different. And if it is Mr. Bush, who has always depended on that docility, may be in even more trouble than the latest poll suggests. Wouldn't that be wonderful, huh? Right. Wouldn't that be great? Yeah. Five six seven oh five sixty. We can add a few more. I got a couple of more. Uh, some important things, you know. Are they important? No. Well, to me they are. Yeah. Maybe, maybe I'm just doing this last hour for me today. How do you like that? No, I like it. But you like it. You always like it. I don't know why you like it. It's Josh likes it because he's just sitting there on his ass, not typing any more pain in the ass movie titles on here. He likes it. He's sitting there thinking about how lucky he is to get his ass off with the just paying court costs, going 95 in a 15 mile an hour school zone. You know it. <laughs> yeah, and and those three little kids that he just he didn't kill them, but I mean he just you know kind of like sideswipe. Right. I figured if it's good enough for Rick Sanchez. And by the way, the guy that Rick Sanchez hit in front of the stadium is he still dead? Yeah. Oh, okay. I just mentioned that in passing since everybody, like Castronova, I see Castronova, my good, close, personal friend, who I'm sure is listening right now, even though he doesn't listen to the show. I see he's going to be on the uh, sports jam. He's going to jam it Monday nights. You see that? Yeah, you well, you mentioned it. On Channel 10. So all of our good buddies on there, like Hank and the Mad Dog and all, all the other, uh, whoever's on there, be sure and give our best regards to Castronova. Believe you me, he could, uh, he needs some serious help. Mamma mia, here, this is important stuff. Italy issues pizza-making guidelines. Pizza makers beware Italy in Rome has issued strict guidelines to protect the real Neapolitan pizza from bogus copies. See, this is important stuff. That's right. The regulations touch on everything from size to ingredients to the type of oven, and rule-abiding restaurants will receive a special label attesting that real pizza can be eaten there. The rules issued by the... I know one place it's called Est Est. Oh, man, they got the best pizza in the world. SS. E-S-T-E-S-T. Oh. The rules issued by the Agriculture Ministry are part of Italy's efforts to protect its cuisine across the European Union, although it was not immediately clear what steps would be taken for enforcement. I think I think that might be it. Bogus pizza? Bada-bing. Bada-boom. 
The guidelines printed Tuesday in the country's official gazette say real Neapolitan pizza must be round, no more than 14 inches in diameter, no more than a tenth of, uh, one tenth uh, inch in the middle, which is a crust about eight tenths of an inch thick. The texture must be soft, elastic, easily foldable, the guidelines say. The norms also specify what kind of flour, yeast, tomatoes, and oil must be used. They recognize only three types of real Neapolitan pizza, marinara with garlic and oregano, margarita with basil and mozzarella cheese from the southern Apennines, and extra margarita with fresh tomatoes, basil, and buffalo mozzarella from Campania, the region that includes pizza's hometown of Napoli, Naples, and we're not talking about Florida. The dough must be rolled out manually and baked in wood-burning ovens that can reach the required temperature of 905 degrees, in which case your uh, pizza is done in about two minutes. The regulations were approved after surveying pizza makers in Naples and surrounding areas. Restaurants that abide by the rules will get labels saying their pizza is a guaranteed traditional specialty. And when you walk in, Eli Wallach will be sitting there going, Que pane, oli oliva. And you can just blow his brains out, too. Sports Radio 560, QAM. My junior, honey. If you are gay or lesbian, Massachusetts says, hey, come on in. It's been legal for the heteros. Wait till gays find out how much marriage blows. A nice honeymoon on the cake. And then there's no escape Two years later You're in divorce court Pack your suitcase Head for Logan Airport Absolutely No frills High bills You'll fight All night Goodbye single bars Hello family cars Now you suffer with us One wedding ring And how things Until you are dead. Soccer practice and school PTA. Can't escape them just cause you are gay. Careful what you wish for, cause trust us. You'll wish you were run down by a Greyhound bus. You wearing that? Do I look fat? Call if you're late. Oh, this is great. Goodbye, singles bars. Hello, family cars. Now you suffer with us. 146 at 560 WQM. Michelangelo Signorelli writes, It's the end of marriage as we know it, and most people feel fine. Barring a miracle, the family, as it has been known for more than five millennia, will crumble, warned the evangelist and psychologist Dr. James Dobson. Regarding Massachusetts' impending first state sanctioned same-sex marriages, promises, promises. May 17th came and went, and last time I checked, the family was still standing, dysfunctional as ever. The world is still spinning on its axis, the American economy keeps sputtering along, and Iraq continues to spiral out of control. The end of civilization has proven to be the biggest, most overhyped disappointment since the Y2K bug. No rapture, no floods, no earthquakes, no locusts. The firstborn of every family did not die, nor did God strike Massachusetts off the map with an almost uh, almighty thunderbolt. The weather, from what I could gather, seemed unseasonably pleasant all the way to Provincetown as thousands of gay and lesbian couples went across the Bay State last week. That's Bay with a B. Evangelical leaders were hoping the pictures on television of gay couples getting hitched would sicken and outrage the masses, driving millions of Americans to the barricades to take on the enemy within. 
The attacks on Pearl Harbor, New York and Washington, awakened the nation to peril and called citizens to action, said R. Albert Moeller, Jr., president of the Southern Baptist Theology Seminary, comparing those attacks to the Massachusetts decision. He even called May 17 a day that will live in moral infamy. Judging from most people's reactions, it's a day that's already been forgotten. So the new tack by the goofy God Squad is to claim that people are in a state of shock, experienced a, <laughs> experiencing a delayed response. The fact is, enough people haven't awakened, said the Reverend Lou Sheldon, founder of the Traditional Values Coalition. That's what he told the Washington Post. It's a sleeping giant out there, and when people wake up, I feel bad for the homosexuals, he said. Actually, people have woken up, and they're quite revolted. But the same gender photo pairings that got them sick to their stomachs weren't coming out of Massachusetts. They were the photos of... Abu Ghraib. ...depicting humiliating simulated sex acts that American soldiers and civilian contractors, using homosexual sex in a grotesquely homophobic manner, forced male Iraqi detainees to engage in. In that respect, the timing of the Massachusetts marriages couldn't have been better for the same-sex marriage movement. The prison abuse scandal, the continuing violence in Iraq, and the administration's handling of the war put same-sex marriage in perspective for most people. George W. Bush's approval ratings have plummeted as Americans realize that it's not gay marriage that's destroying the country, but rather the president, Donald Rumsfeld, Condoleezza Rice, and the rest of the gang in the White House. They're the ones who've taken us to war based on lies and have irreparably damaged the nation's integrity. In Congress, the federal marriage amendment seems dead in the water. Perhaps it wasn't a coincidence that the Senate canceled the hearing on the amendment last week in which the homo-obsessed Governor Mitt Romney of Massachusetts was to appear. How would it look in the middle of all the turmoil in the Middle East if reports came out of Washington depicting our senators focused on an issue that ranks at the bottom of voters' list of priorities in every poll? Several months back, I wrote that the FMA could turn out to be more of a problem for Bush than John Kerry, who doesn't support same-sex marriage either, as most voters, no matter how they feel about gay unions, have little passion to amend the Constitution or even to waste much time for debating the issue. That has turned out to be true, but I didn't foresee other factors that have further complicated the FMA from Bush's perspective. Several recent reports have noted that the proposed gay marriage ban, while a major talking point for evangelical leaders, is failing to excite the evangelical rank and file. Even if they're adamantly opposed to same-sex marriage, many are ambivalent about getting the federal government involved. It's not a black-and-white issue for them like abortion, nor is it one that gets them to empty their pockets and run to the polls. Just four months after an alliance of conservative Christians was threatening a church goer revolt unless President Bush championed an amendment banning same-sex marriage, members say they've been surprised and disappointed by what they call a tepid response from the pews, the New York Times reported. If the FMA doesn't energize the GOP's religious base, and if the abortion issue doesn't fulfill that function either this year, Bush's chipping away at abortion rights may, might make some conservative Christians complacent in 2004. Bush might get the same turnout among evangelicals that he got in 2000, which was a disappointment to Karl Rove. Meanwhile, Bush will have alienated some moderate Republicans and Democrats who previously supported him. But perhaps more important, he'll have energized many liberal Democrats and gay rights advocates who are organizing fiercely in light of his support of the FMA. Gay groups on college campuses and community centers across the country are briskly registering new voters, painting Bush as a tyrant who's turning gays into second-class citizens. The Human Rights Campaign, the largest gay group in Washington, last week launched an ad campaign excoriating Bush, which will appear more than 85 times in gay, lesbian, bisexual, and transgender, uh, transgender community publications. Even the log cabin Republicans launched TV spots critical of Bush for supporting the amendment. Most of those in the religious right who feel passionately about the FMA are voting for Bush anyway. It's quite possible that Bush's continued vocal support of the FMA will get more Democrats than Republicans out to vote. It's certainly energizing loyal Democratic constituencies like gays and lesbians. Meanwhile, the majority of voters, including swing voters, will only continue to note that Bush is trying to change the subject and focus on an issue that's not a priority for them. 
It's not that they support same-sex marriage necessarily, though the most recent Newsweek poll showed a slim majority supporting some form of support for a, a sanction for gay unions. But seeing Bush pandering to the religious right while there's so many other issues affecting the country is not going to play well. As an issue this election year, same-sex marriage may turn out to be a trap that Karl Rove set for Kerry, but which hapless W walked into all by himself. Something like that, like you know, you've been saying along, who cares? What's it to you? What's it to you? And don't we have bigger fish to fry? Live and local. This is Sports Radio 560, QAM. That's so good that it's frightening, you know what? I just want to play that all day. In fact, maybe you can play that all day on Monday. All right, over and over again. Don't forget, George will be here on Monday while everybody else is goofing off. We're like at least trying to put in, uh, you know, put our best uh, one foot forward and one, one foot. foot backward. And then the rest of the schedule on Monday, I guess they just don't want to know about. We got the Mad Dog coming up next at Hooters along with the Brad Penny's hanging out. Here's the result of that poll so far. What movie not X-rated is the hottest you've ever seen? Nine and a half weeks, 101. Body Heat, 82. Wild Fangs, 57. Showgirls, 48. Monsters Ball, 34. Basic Instinct, 33. Blue Lagoon, 31. Unfaithful, 19. Eyes Wide Shut, 18. Two Moon Junction, 17. The Story of... Oh! 15. Caligula, 14. That moved up nicely. Wild Orchid, 10. Last Tango in Paris, 9. Summer Lovers, 9. Embrace of the Vampire, 9. Fatal Attraction, 9. The Hunger, 8. Bound, 5. Angel Heart, 5. Secretary, 5. Return to the Blue Lagoon. It's still stuck on 4. It's still stuck. Requiem for Dream 4, The Graduate 4, Barbarella 4, and after that, it was Strictly Small Potatoes. Have a great holiday weekend. See you Tuesday. Bye, bye, bye. The Neil Rogers Show on 560 WQAM, Miami, Fort Lauderdale. Go to lunch, George. No.